live from nodding along with Bernadeschi, because he ain't wrong. It's the Vocal Minority Podcast. My neck hurts. It's a little stiff. Can we stop nodding now? We did it for hours, though. I was like a bird, you know, in the Simpsons episode where you have the, the bird just drinking the water and Homer is like very much enthused by this bird drinking the water. That was me the whole time, just repeating and watching that Bernadeschi video yeah. again and again, being like, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. he's right. I had to, I just had to put I had to turn it off because I figure I was just going to drain the battery on my phone. But uh, <laughs> I, I feel though if if I if I followed in your footsteps, Mike, I absolutely would have been that bird too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vogue Minority Podcast, the podcast that is too old to go camping on the May two four. That's a young person's game. Okay. No, just me. Did no, you not go? Have, did you not go camping on the May two four in high school? No, no, no. What? I'm a city kid, Kristen. Uh, guy, oh, the, 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 yeah, I, I'm a what? city kid. I'm you, not that go. was like Fuck camping. <laughs> that was rich. Oh my god! Seriously. Oh wow! I thought no. every. I thought everybody did this. Nope. Okay, where I, I went to high school to get out of camping. It was amazing. <laughs> No, 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 no. Take my brother and sister. Just go. No, no. I'll be fine at home. Honestly, I've never been happier when they, like they all buggered off. I'm like, this is the best. So, oh, yeah, I miss it. Oh, no, this was this was this was we pla- we planned this stuff. It was like a it was like a, an operation, like to the to the second. Right. Like who was going in what car and what sites we had. And because one underage two on the May two four, they actually ban alcohol from provincial parks, or at least they used to probably because of all the teenagers where to hide the booze so that when they search your car, when you're going into the provincial park, you don't get caught and therefore kicked out. Um, we were very, very good at it. And I nice. don't worry about my parents hearing this because one, it was years ago Two, They don't listen to my show. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh my God. We used to go camp. That was like the thing. No, man. Okay, that listeners, was, uh, listeners of a, I guess of a certain age, I don't know, or maybe they still do it now, but it's our demographic. Please, please. It's all of it. It should be. Please let me know if you too, as a teenager, especially used to go camping on the two, four with all of your crazy high school friends and remember most of it. I hope. Really, you guys didn't do this. So do you just no. not camp at all? No, I'll go camping, but I never did on the two four. I never went camping until uh I think the first year I went camping was like maybe 2015. Wow. 2016. Wow. Yeah, okay. We weren't a camping family. That wasn't the thing in the city. Like, oh, we were a camping we... family. I went camping with friends. Yeah, no, but I did like even my friends weren't really big campers. Like yeah, that same. wasn't oh, a man. thing we did. No, like if you were gonna the, the May two for it was like hang out in suburbia, um, find beer somehow, and then light fireworks off in the park. Like that was that was a two four, which uh, which in retrospect sounds really sad, but um, at the time was great. At the time, it was probably brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. No, seriously, listeners, I really need to know this. And Mr. Fishhead, I know you're listening. He does. Or he I need, be. I need, please give me one of your stories or whatever in the comments. I will look forward to this. Or a redoing of a plot of a movie that he knows we all watched. Mike, oh my God, I don't brilliant. think your story is any less sad than, say, I don't know, trying to smuggle booze into a campground. Um, what do you mean trying? Successfully done. Doesn't matter. Three yeah. years in a row. 
It's it's very successful. They're both lateral moves, and I'm not shaming anybody. I'm just saying they're equal. (laughs) I felt like shaming. I don't know. (laughs) Just they're just they're equal. It's like it's not one's better than the other. Even though I would be doing Mike's thing more than I'd be doing Kristen's thing, 100. (laughs) percent Because camping sucks. Anyway, okay, camping is the best, but whatever. All right, let's move on (laughs) to the actual show. So. On this week's show, we once again talk about TFC's troubles. Ah, this has got an old, familiar, comforting, you know, feel it's like to it. Like a warm blanket that, that hasn't been washed. It's on fire. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Take a look at the week that was in the Campiel. Preview the Voyagers Cup semifinal matches. Yes, and more. And now this week's panel. Thinking about playing hooky on Wednesday. Welcome to Mark Hinckley. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know if it's the hook. How are you feeling, it's, Mark? Cough, cough. You don't sound well. <laughs> um, it's more of can I rent a helicopter and land it safely? Now, I know that the Olympic grounds have got a lot of space and I probably <laughs> could put a helicopter down. It's whether I can get the helicopter. I think that's really the point. Also, mm. maybe helicopter is not the most speed efficient thing because they don't really travel that fast. No, uh, really. Right, but, uh, right. But yeah, I, that would be that would be lovely. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean couple away days just is that's just sounds like the dream but this is right? literally the worst time of year for me to try and get time off so. yeah i get that i get that joining us as guest panelists this week kings of the north founder all around good guy say hello to mike newell hey hey thanks for having me on guys i appreciate it once again it's uh when did we last talk like during the pandemic i think it was like during the pandemic i was back I was yeah, on the show. it's been yeah, it's been yeah. a while mm-hmm. it has been a while mm-hmm. It has been a while, but thanks. Um, Mark, a funny story. Um, obviously, uh, most people know I'm also a, a big uh, Forge FC supporter. Um, uh, and I would I would have, I was trying to mm. get time to go to Montreal this weekend, um, or th- sorry, this Wednesday, to mm. see them take on uh, Montreal in the, in the V's Cup semi. Um, but like you, uh, apparently this is also a terrible time for me to try to ask for time off from a baseball team. So um, I Fair. will not be going, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I will be watching at home. There. No, I, 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 I get it. I absolutely get it. And uh, uh, I'm sure they're all going to have fun. And there'll be no incidences and everybody will just get along swimmingly. There'll be just hopefully forge wind. Everyone's just looking to build memories and make friends. Yes. Yes. Big rainbow circle. Tree of trust. Everybody in the tree of trust. Oh, the tree of trust. Yes. Yes. That you have to fall out of and pray that everyone catches you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, at drama camp, we fell out of a six story, not six story, a six foot high window and prayed that our people would catch us. So, mm -hmm. yeah, trust 12 12 to drama camp. Very dramatic. The six story version is way better. (laughs) Way better. Yeah. I mean, not for the actual person falling or the people on your couch. No, no, not at all. But for the optics. Oh, my God. Amazing. Gravity make that, you know, that's 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 stunt person's camp. That's a whole different camp. It was a great camp, though. It was a, such a fun camp. Um, let's see. Uh, allegedly on vacation and on a different continent and everything. Uh, Duncan won't be with us this week. Oh, he's my kid. He so might, I hope he, he comes back. Funny, but I think he's bringing us stuff back, so it's okay. I hope he does. And uh, I think Tony is just uh, being patriotic and loyal to the Commonwealth and refusing to work today. So no Tony this week as well. 
So is he getting like time and a half because he's not working or what, what's the deal with that? You know, I haven't quite figured that out. I, I don't know. Does he, is, is, I guess he must still have his British passport. So maybe, I don't know. Not sure how it works. Um, as for me, I think that whatever is wrong in the TFC dressing room could be solved by a good game of Settlers of Catan. <laughs> Bernadeski just needs to get in touch with Kuvermans and he can help him set it all up and everything will be fine. It'll be fine. Just fine. I'm your host, Kristen Knowles. And now, finally, to our show. All right. Well, first up, we are going with what's been happening and uh, we are going to start with TFC. Let's start on a, whatever, it's a note. Um, two matches in the last week. The, uh, it's funny, the match versus the energy drinks. You know, I didn't hate that game. They didn't lose. Clean sheet. It felt like a nice response to the previous disaster. Um, it felt especially, I think in the, it felt like a, one of their, you know, not an outstanding match. Obviously they still look scattered, especially through the midfield, considering they're missing almost all of their midfielders, but like, obviously of the two matches, this was the better one, but I still felt that there was something to build on with that particular game. Um, thoughts i know mike mike you went to it i didn't end up going because i had a very early train the next morning and i didn't want to play uh you know will the tf will the ttc get me home before 11 (laughs) o'clock or not and uh, i opted to stay home and watch it on tv yeah um went to the game uh first of all the yeah i think they're you know just thinking about it and going back through sort of the the game itself i felt like this was a, this was a perfect example of why both these teams are bottom of the eastern conference right now mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. this this very much felt like a game where look both teams were coming into with a lot of injuries right a lot of oh, yeah like have we ever seen a match like that no i don't think even in mls and mls can get screwy at times over 20 players missing due to injury or suspension suspension. it was it was it's a bit nuts it's a bit nuts that said um you look i i think tfc you know in a lot of ways the the script of mediocre tfc because there's we're going to get to bad tfc in this austin um oh. game in a second but you know mediocre tfc did what mediocre tfc kind of does it, it controls possession you know it um you know it takes a lot of shots though not a lot of them on goal uh completes a lot of passes but doesn't feel like it's going anywhere or getting anywhere um in terms of sort of a, a finishing product and look it's been talked about a lot that it takes a long time for offenses to get going when uh, a manager is coming in and rebuilding a team and trying to build clearly from a defensive structure out. But I, you know, I, I don't know this, fe- this team feels like it needs, you know, three compasses and five maps to try to find goal at this point. Um, and it, it's, you know, it's hard to watch, right? It, it's not an entertaining brand of soccer to pay for and go to the stadium and watch or sit at home and watch 
you know, on, um, on Apple TV that either you paid or did not pay for, you know? So from that perspective, that's kind of the, the sort of result I got out of this match was, um, again, a team that looks like in a lot of ways, it's struggling to figure out what it exactly wants to be. Um, and, and we'll get into that more, I guess, when we start talking about uh, the comments after Saturday's game, but Mark, mm-hmm. um, you know, what did you think? Cause uh, like, uh, that was just how I saw it from the stands. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like, uh, I mean the whole, what was it? Uh, three compasses, five maps, five map, five compasses, three maps. They definitely need navigation system. They really yeah. need something comprehensive to find the other side of the pitch. Um, you're right about that. I kind of felt like it was it was like a battle of mediocrity. Uh, nobody could really finish. Uh, Toronto did possess most of the ball as, as it appeared. Um, I never really felt like Red Bull were going to control the game at any length that was a concern. Um, I was expecting a last minute crapping of the bed, um, but I got that game wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 it's, I can't, it doesn't, it's weird. Cause it's rudderless, but not in the way you normally say rudderless. Like it's just, they, there, there are chunks and phrases of, of possession where it looks like it's deliberate as we've seen in other games, it's just dependent on who we're playing really. And, and a mediocre hobbled by injury, New York side. I mean, so are we, but they, they weren't as robust as uh, they could have been. I mean, if we're missing that many players, we should have been easy prey and we weren't that easy, I guess. Um, Yeah. It just, it just felt like, it just felt like uh, uh, it felt like I was playing FIFA, except I have no idea how to get the ball in the box. Um, <laughs> and and they, they they did more than that. But like, it just felt like, OK, so we got we got the passing down and we understand where people are running to. But it just there was no finish to any of the movements, it felt so. And isn't uh, that crazy? Because, you know, as much as the injuries play such a role with these last run of results, and we can't discount that, right? Like, mm. I think a lot of fan, a lot of the fandom and a lot of the sort of frustration from the fandom right now is the fact that, yes, of course, results aren't coming in or aren't coming in as expected, but you can't not sort of point to the injuries at some point and say, like, look, I mean, come on. But at the same time, you do have your two DPs in, right? This has been mm-hmm. the long standing sort of fallback for the club, for a lot of fans, including myself, right? To say, mm-hmm. look, the, the DPs aren't healthy. There's only one, you know, we, we, you, how, what did you expect once we get both on the pitch and they get to click and connect? And then we'll, we're going to see, we're going to see what this team can really be about. And sometimes you need DPs to, and, and this is, also not fair on DPs at all. And this is why I kind of hate the DP mm-hmm. system in MLS because it does sort of put this over-reliance on big names to grab games by the scruff of the neck and have to almost kind of not win it by themselves, but in a sense really drive everything Yeah, is that they couldn't do yeah. that. They haven't been able to really do that. And in a lot of ways, Federico Bernadeschi has 
kind of, I don't want to say faded, but you know, he, the, the influence isn't the same as it was at the beginning of the season, obviously. And I also think that well, from Lorenzo Insigne's perspective, I just think he's, I don't know if he's necessarily able to kind of show the best of himself when he can't connect with players that can kind of think and move at his level. You know, he's, he's making passes that are, four or five steps ahead of what's happening. And and some players just right now aren't on that level. And it, it makes it difficult for him to be effective on this team. Well, so talking about Berendeski, and this is something, and I've, I've said this a few times on the show and I've said it like at matches and just in general conversations. Um, I think as his frustration, because like, he's, he's clearly very passionate and like, if there's, if there's any player that you sort of believe in it's Bernadeski. Not that there's not other players you should believe you should, you shouldn't believe in. Cause there are, there's some, there's some very, not just talented, but there's some very, there's a handful of very focused players on this club right now. Um, others, I'm not saying that they're not focused. I just think that there's a bit of a disconnect, but with Bernadeski, clearly, you know, he desperately wants good things to happen and one because he's a competitor and he's a top tier athlete and and he's used to competing at a high level but i think all of that is culminating and you watch him watch him in games and it's it's frustrating to watch because it leads to mistakes and it leads to loss of possession or loss of what could have been a better play is he's just trying to do it all himself and that is becoming more and more apparent as the as the weeks go on and as the frustrations and the poor results continue to sort of mount um, is that he knows, especially when Insigne was out um, and a couple weeks ago, whatever, I, I think Insigne actually had a very nice match and was, you know, linking up nicely. Was it with Cervania? Um, maybe? No, yeah, somebody else. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, no, West Cervania. Yeah. Um, so, like there's been and also with JMR actually there's been some there's been some nice moments but because because there's still such a disconnect you see it you see it in all the games and you see it more and more and there's a number of times where I've been like why didn't you pass the ball I get it you're frustrated and you don't trust or you just think you are the only guy that can do this right now however there are other people out there and it's not from a point of selfishness. I don't think he's being selfish. I think he's honestly thinks that this is the best, this is the best option is himself. And as the frustration grows, it's not himself and he's not as sharp and he's not as, he's not what we're used to seeing from him. And I think that's becoming an issue as well. Um, well, let's talk about, Let's 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 move on to the to the Austin Celtic match. Um, now, I was on a train coming back. I was on a Via train, and if you've ever traveled by Via, you know the Wi-Fi sucks. And if you want to stream something, that's impossible unless you have access to satellites. So, um, I did not see the game because I also worked yesterday, and I just did not have time today. I have watched highlights, I have read articles, and also I was quote unquote watching on Twitter. Um, It sounded horrible. (laughs) Basically. Um, Uh, Now, 
You should have watched it then. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I have watched more than my fair share of horrible TFC. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Um, I, <laughs> I think I've, I think I've put in my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, I'm going to let you guys speak to it more clearly. Cause I did both of you watch the game. Unfortunately, that um, was yeah, my unfortunately Saturday night. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> um, so there was the surprise <laughs> of knowing Signe with a lower body injury um, who didn't even travel. Uh, that's the MLSC never... classic lower body oh, injury. The, like everybody has them. Yeah. And like, that's just it. They just hand them out like candy now. Um, you know, more Academy kids signed to short-term contracts, several of whom played. Um now, the one thing, again, I didn't see this match other than, you know, the highlights and the via Twitter and everything. To hang on until pretty much the bitter end and keep it at nil-nil while not registering a single shot, which, oh, dear gods. Um, and thank you, Sean Johnson. Still one of the best signings they've ever made. I am still so delighted that he is our keeper, even if perhaps he is not. But thank you, Sean Johnson. Um, like, were Austin just that bad that they couldn't find a way to score on this cobbled together team that was missing like seven of its starters? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Interesting. This was an interesting game um, in a sense that, look, Austin took, you know, front foot right away. Like they mm-hmm. uh, at the start of the game, you know, they were were on the ball and were po- controlling possession. I mean, they controlled the possession for the majority of the game um, in terms of creating dangerous chances. The fact they didn't score is somewhat of a miracle because you just felt like it was coming. Right. We, look, we've I think we've all seen enough bad TFC to know that, uh, you know, that first goal that's going to break the camel's back, so to speak, um, is coming, right? It, it felt like that against Montreal on the week before. Uh, and and um, and it felt like it was coming here. And then funny enough, Austin made a couple of subs in the second half, and it actually slowed them down a bit, I thought, from an attacking perspective. And it very much, look, these are two teams that I think are not living up to the expectations that were placed on it. Like Austin had an amazing season last year, almost made MLS cup. Um, and, and I think a lot of people thought this team would kick on and, and sort of make the next step. And so far as sort of stumbled out of the blocks, injuries have a lot to do with that. But I also think that, um, you know, from a, from a finishing perspective, like, you know, like, both Maxi Aruti and Jossie Zardes especially um, haven't got off to great starts for them. And that sort of showed itself again in this game. And in, in many ways, you're right. TFC had a valiant effort in terms of being able to just keep it at nil-nil um, and then made a couple of subs themselves, uh, you know, bring in Hugo Mbonga, uh, you know, uh, in the second Which half. I loved as a sub. That well, was great. I thought he was fan- I, I thought he brought a spark. I won't say he's fantastic, yeah. but he brought a spark um, yeah. and, and, and showed a willingness to get in behind and a willingness to to run at players and, and, a, and a willingness to maybe take some chances that although a shot and goal was not registered, um, which, again, we can talk about and is concerning, uh, I, you know, brought, just brought some a little bit more of an opportunity for TFC to get on the ball. And then, of course, 
Um, the the sub of Jordan Feria, who you know, uh, congratulations to him to make his first team debut, uh, taking out Federico Bernardeschi, and and obviously a lot of eyebrows were raised at that substitution. And, uh, you know, but I thought it was warranted. I, I don't think Federico was having a great night. I, and, you know, uh, I get it. He's your DP and he's one your DP. He's your one DP on, on the field. And again, you're kind of hoping for a bit of magic, but that bit of magic was clearly not coming. It was not coming that night. And, mm-hmm. you know, and in a lot of ways, uh, you know, I don't say the team got better, but I thought that there was a little bit more clarity around exactly where everybody was kind of going to go. Um, and you had some dangerous moments in the second half, but obviously the comedy of errors that led to the actual goal itself yeah. um, is, is something that I personally don't want to relive. painful to watch. Yeah, it was painful to watch. Um, but I'm sure like Mark, I, you, I'm sure you kind of have sort of similar thoughts or maybe even different thoughts than I had. Um. Yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, I was just kind of mesmerized at how bad everything was. So, seeing seeing uh, the effects of a substitute, um, I'm like super, super thrilled seeing Hugo get timeout, seeing Ferry get timeout. Um, th- those, like, if I hate, I hate to say it, but if I can find a bright spot, I will take that. I will absolutely take kids getting meaningful minutes. That's always important. Um, I just. Watching this game was just like back to the whole, the, you know, it's incredible that Austin didn't score as often as they did. Well, they bloody tried. And I'm not even talking about the numbers. Like seeing my personal highlight of the match had to have been seeing uh, Max Arruti smack the post. And I wanted that to kind of go in. Uh, most, <laughs> mostly not not so much a Schadenfreude thing as much as like – um as far I, I mean, I want to believe that you know he's you know over it, but I also want to believe that deep down inside he's not, and he would really, really, really have liked that. That being said, uh, it was just like I really felt like even if not that not that uh, not that the tactics of Toronto kind of demonstrates is really, really complex, but I think it's actually quite simplified because of Austin, who is a middling team in the West can solve Toronto right from the kickoff. Uh, that's that I think is, is uh, was probably the most, most condemning thing about the whole match was that getting to the midfield, they get stifled so often and they would have to find new and exciting ways to move the ball up the pitch, which usually involved people coming way out of position to, to foster that. At least that's kind of how I thought. Like, I don't, I feel like, uh, I feel like it was like I think Kay was just getting mugged all the time. Uh, I I felt like that well, he was outnumbered. He was outnumbered. Yeah, in the yeah that's the and thing. That's a like he looked. Well, yeah, and I mean, but that's the thing. If if he could be pinpointed that quickly and that effectively, and there's zero relief coming, like counter tactics wise, it's like well, Walden, thanks for showing up, but now we got 88 more minutes of this. So, <laughs> well done, well done, coach. Um, yeah, it it was just. It was kind of it was kind of like, you know, the big brother bullying the little brother and just like grabbing his wrist and saying, don't hit yourself, you know, and smacking him in the face with his own hand. It, it the the one nil scoreline is both like Austin should be disappointed that that's all they got was one goal. Genuinely. Yeah. 
and and kind of a it was like it was a fluky goal. It really was a fluky goal. Like uh, uh, full credit to I forget who who headed it off the back of his skull towards the crossbar. I mean, he nearly got that. That would have been really impressive, just based yeah. on you know my eyes don't go that way, and and but then it landed for Zardes and he just popped it in. Like, but can I oh. ask a question? Do do you? In that sort of in those final five or so minutes, did you feel like a goal was coming? It felt like a goal was coming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, oh yeah. And, I, and and maybe that's just a a we're we're kind of right now in that sort of mental space of this team is just not able to see out games, but it really did feel like in those five final five minutes, I know that we're trying to hang on mm-hmm. for a nil nil at that point, but it just felt like, yeah, this is going to come and it's going to come from a, a set piece or a corner. And because like at that point, Austin, yes, we're, we're just piling on pressure at that point and piling on pressure and mm-hmm. TFC was dropping deeper and deeper. And I think, you know, the three of us um, have all watched uh, enough TFC throughout the years, you know, save the golden years. But before that, remember, because for the kids out there, there TFC did exist before 2015. Yeah, they um, were not good. <laughs> yeah, they, and they, you know, we we know what that is like. We we like like I, I sort of tweeted out the, the, after the game is like, we know what bad TFC smells like. Oh. We just know it. We 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 we've seen enough of it. We historically, we know what it looks like. We know when that that back line just keeps dropping and dropping until they're literally on the toes of the goalkeeper. You know, we, we know what that that life looks like. And we know how that tends to end for this for this team historically. And it just to me, it felt like, well, we're going into the 90. Maybe we get out of it this time. But it feels like something's going to happen and this goal's coming. And sure enough, it did. Yeah, I, I, I will say I didn't necessarily feel like it was. It was about like they're going to they're going to concede a goal like they've been fighting it off for the last five minutes. But as soon as I saw like the bodies kind of cluster in and it just seemed like there were so many white shirts beside one. Another, like, Oh, this is usually, this is usually when they find the part that nobody's, nobody's guarding and it, they find the hole and they put it in. And that's like, that's kind of what it felt like. Like as soon as that ball hit the crossbar, I was like, shit, this is going in. And yeah. That had, that had ricochet goal written all over it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, so like, yeah, I, I I, I, I think part of the reason why, Mike, I didn't necessarily feel like the last five minutes that, that you know, they're going to collapse is because I kind of felt like that most of the second half. So <laughs> I didn't really recognize a small period of time. Well, it's, it's funny because I think in the second half, actually, TFC played a little bit better. I thought they were a little bit better in the second half. I think I think some of the subs Josh Wolf made for Austin actually played a part in that. But, uh, you know, I, I thought they played slightly better in terms of they were just able to get their foot on the ball and actually get a little bit forward mm-hmm, at times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was that sort of behind back of the brain hope that they could steal one here um, and either get a moment of magic from Bernadeschi or, you know, just again, Richie does something crazy. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it, but that's where we're at right now with this club. Uh, yeah. At this point is that we're hoping that somebody can create a moment or magic or something crazy happens. It doesn't feel like there's a systematic way for this team to score goals right, right now. And that's, I think where, again, a lot of that frustration from fan base, I think a lot of the questions around, you know, 
what is this team is coming from? Is it that we just don't know? It just doesn't feel like there is a there is a clear path or a clear vision on how this team wants to attack um, at this point, or even sort of impose themselves on the game. I'm not even talking about scoring goals. Let's just talk about how do you build from the back to impose yourself on a game? It, it just doesn't feel like it's there right now. Yeah, uh, it's we have okay. We have, we have, we have like this set aside in a different section than what we're talking about section. So let's put a pin in this for 10, 15 minutes. Cause we want to talk about camp PL a little bit. Um, Cause there's a lot to say here. And we want to talk about Bernadeschi's remarks after that Austin match um, and the very familiar feeling of those. Uh, and, and then just some questions about where, Blame is the wrong word, but where the issues lie within this club. And I do just just think about something something I saw on the Twitters today, as I tend to be on there a lot. Um, something I saw from John Molinaro, actually. And John's not an overly dramatic person. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He's not he's not one to blow things up unless it's warranted. So the one thing I found really interesting he said in terms of everything that's happening, because you know, everyone's having conversations about what is happening with Toronto FC and what is wrong. Is he's because you know, there's a lot of very understandable comparisons to 2012 or the early years or everything leading up to say, oh, I don't know, 2015, really 2016, because even 2015 was annoying. Um, but 2014, 2015 was when, you know, mental shifts started happening or a money shift started happening with the club. But anyway, people are talking about 2012 because those were the dark, the truly dark, you know, that was the very uh, paper bags, protests, all that stuff. Um he said that locker room was toxic and full of infighting and not a good place to be. And he says, this locker room is not like that. And that is not the problem. And I found that really interesting. Also a little bit heartening. So just have that in your head. We're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to return to this very shortly. Um, sorry, dear listeners for the cliffhanger. It's not really one. Um, but let's talk about, let's talk about the Campiel for a few minutes because we, right. we haven't spent as much time on the Campiel lately. And especially with uh, two Campiel teams coming up in the Voyagers Cup uh, semifinals, which we'll talk about a bit later on in the show. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're a chunk of the way through the season now. And, this last week, what I found really interesting in terms of some of the results. So what's become clear six games into the season is that Hamilton and uh, Pacific are the top teams in the league. Um, separated by a point. Um, Pacific scoring goals again at will. Um, but really, for the most part, these are the guys, these are the two teams you want to be paying attention to. This is, this is, they've sort of currently have settled into their natural near the top position. Now making a sudden streak into third place by winning their first match of the season, but undefeated in six because draws are us. 
Pony Boys finally won a match um, against Ottawa, which is really not that difficult. Um, but with Hamilton and Pacific this weekend, what was interesting and not good for either team, really, was they both drew and Forge drew at home, which was surprising, especially against their opponent, um, uh, VFC. Pacific drew on the road, but they drew against Winnipeg. And while Winnipeg has been acquitting themselves okay, they're still, I'm sorry, Winnipeg fans, Red River Rising people, don't come for me. I know some of you. I love you. Um, no, go at her. It's fine. 100%. <laughs> Nikki would never. She loves me. And she might be the only one. The rest of them might hate me. Um, again, this is not, this is, you know, yes, whatever. It's always harder to play on the road in any sport. La, la, la. This is a game you would expect Pacific to win. So I just found that interesting. Now, again, are they resting? Are they, you know, you, Mark, you guys were both at the Hamilton match. And Mark, I was messaging you during the game because I was visiting my parents. We weren't watching. And I was like, what is happening? What? How, how are they not winning this? And I was sincere. I wasn't trolling. I was very confused by the lack of the winning. Um, and you told me it was a B team. And then my brain went, a day later, went, oh, wait a second. Voyager's Cup match coming up. Yeah. So did both coaches just, you know, early in the season, we're doing relatively well. Let's rest some players. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, that, that lineup basically, I don't know, didn't, I was going to say it stank of it, but I'm like, see, Forge has got enough bench depth that sometimes the B team doesn't look like a B team. Mm hmm. But I mean, no disrespect to Chris Colongo, but he's the backup keeper and he got the start. And yeah, that was weird. I, I'm like, I'm assuming uh, I, I can't remember if if uh, if, uh, if Henry was on the bench or not. But the like, if he's starting, which I I don't even know if I can name the other keepers who've ever had starting minutes at Forge in the five years. But uh, Quill and Roberts. Quill and, did he get one game? That's yes. impossible. No, no way. I was at that game. Thank you very much. I he had did. pictures of Quill and Roberts in minutes. net on my phone. So yeah, you mean I games. actually have a TFC signed pennant of a player who actually played now? That's amazing. Yes. Um, that Mike, you you're still that not bitter five? about that though. It's lovely. No, it's not. lovely you, how 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 accepting you are of that yeah. moment. Mike, do you remember the, the yeah donate five yes, bucks? Yes, oh, I remember. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Quill and Roberts. You were you were thrilled. I got Quill and Roberts. Zero minutes. TFC Quill and Roberts. Anyway, I got I got Gilberto. Yeah. What up. did I get? Uh, this would have been 2014, right? Sounds, Sounds right. right. Uh, 2014. Yeah. I uh, who did I get? I probably got Mark Bloom or something. I think I got Mark Bloom. Oh, Mark Bloom. Yeah. Oh, see. A guy who played minutes. Anyway, my point. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so Forge really put out the B team, and like I said, a, a Forge B team does very much look like a Forge A team, uh, except they were playing like a B team. They uh, they had a lot of the possession. It they like it. It looked okay, but it wasn't. God, I'm gonna sound like a snobby dick. They weren't as crisp as they usually are. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't as like. Don't get me wrong. Like 
I'm I know what I know what supporting a bad football club looks like. We just did like cough, 20, cough. 30, 40 minutes on it. Cough, cough. Yeah. Um, so like you have like there's there's levels of expectation. When they play really good after they've been bad, you're like, holy shit. And when they play kind of mediocre after they've been playing really good, it's kind of like holy shit. So this was kind of one of those moments. Um and yeah, it, it was not the it was not the like uh, crisp was really the word. Like they they had some attacking moments. They they had some nice little nice little forward movements on the wing. A little bit of give and go, but the give and goes didn't work out all the time. And it was made quite apparent that they really weren't working until they made the three substitutions at one shot. Uh, about sixty minutes into the match, when they did a give and go, and it looked oh that's how it's supposed to look. Hey everybody, watch. This is what we were trying to do for the first hour. Uh, but um, yeah, it was, it was, I, I kind of felt like Vancouver could have stolen this match very much. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that Hamilton was particularly mediocre. It's just the finishing wasn't really there. Uh, and they had a couple of counterattacks. A lot of them got snuffed, but some of them didn't. And it was whether they were trying to shoot the ball into cannon street or what have you, uh, they didn't quite, you know, hit the mark, but uh, Mike, I know, I know you, you, I believe you mentioned uh, Jordan Hamilton uh, earlier. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, yeah, I think, first of all, I think their credit needs to actually go to Vancouver FC. I thought, you know, look, they, they're coming off a game where they got thumped five nil at home um, yeah. and needed a response. And yeah, you know, um, you know uh, their, their manager Goppy basically was, you know, after the game with Christian Jack was very blunt and very honest about, um, you know, their intentions. They came to set up to be defensively solid. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they definitely did that. Like they, they cut down and closed down a lot of spaces that forge liked to operate in. Um, I thought they did a really good job of marshalling David Chouanier, who normally is a, a nightmare on the right-hand side to deal with as a winger. Um, and I thought they, I thought they kept him under wraps. I thought the big thing was they really kept Wubens Passius um, uh, under wraps on the left-hand side. And they kind of played him as a winger in the four-three-three uh, with Jordan Hamilton up top and, Look, I, there's a lot of debate right now in Forge Land on whether who should start up top. Should it be Hamilton? Should it be Passius? I am, uh, you know, and look, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I, I love Jordan, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, I do think Bubens is better as a number nine, as somebody up top, not necessarily as a winger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he, you miss a bit of that ability to, you know, be dynamic or run in behind if he has to hold the ball up when he, he's strong enough and big enough to hold the ball up uh, to bring players in. And of course, you know, in the box itself uh, I, right now, he, to me, he's the better finisher. Um, but, you know, I think in a lot of ways, Forge created a lot uh, or created a lot of half chances um, a, you know, but never really, you know, they, one great chance came to Jordan Hamilton, I think, in, you know, the late second half um, that probably he'll want back one that he probably, you know, if he's in training and you ask him to probably puts that top corner, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but he skied it um, and put it on to uh, put it on to Beachwood. But, you know, um, you know, from that perspective, you know, I, I still think you got to give credit to, to Vancouver. I, I, I thought that they, you know, of many teams that come to to Forge, come to Tim Hortons Field, 
a lot of them kind of almost mentally beat themselves before they get onto the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, see because that. if look, you, you know, you know, Mark, you said earlier that you were going to sound like a smarmy dick. Well, you, when you win three of four premier league titles, you get to kind of be a smarmy dick about some yeah. things. Right. Um, and, and, in in a lot of ways, you know, when forge step on the pitch, no matter who tends to line up, you tend to get a good result. Um, and this is the first time forge have ever drawn nil nil at home ever since 2019, like in the history of the league. So are you standing in for Martin Bailey today? Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks Martin for that. Um, but I, you know, I, I think from that perspective, uh, that's impressive though. Huh? Yeah, it is impressive. You got, you got to put the hand out. I, I thought Gail Sandoval, um, for Vancouver was fantastic. And, and, uh, you know, also give, uh, some love to Elliot Simmons and, and Sean Hundle as well, former TFC Academy player, Sean Hundle, who I thought, um, kind of got a raw deal. But, you know, yes. um, he's having a good season. He is having a great season. I think he's finding a really good spot for himself in Vancouver, mm-hmm. which is um, definitely really, really important for him, I think, in his development. Um, I hope he can sort of either stick around there if that's where he wants to stay or, you know, um, you know, find a, a team that's really going to give him an, an opportunity and let him play to his strengths. Because, you know, he is a really good number nine. Uh, you know, he is a really good number nine, especially in this league. So yeah, you you know I think Mark summed it up really well. Once the three substitutes came on for Forge, um, you know when Becker, uh, Taron Campbell, who I thought had a really good substitute appearance, yes. and and Borges uh, came on, you you again you saw what Forge is normally going to look like nine times out of ten when they come onto the pitch. Um, but in the end of the day, uh, you know I, I think that's that nil nil result is deserved. Um, mm-hmm. on both ends, you know, and of course from a Forge perspective, you're going to look at that and sort of scratch your head and. You know, you don't draw a lot at home, so you you take the point and you run. And I think for Vancouver, I think that's a an important building block for them and an important way to bounce back. Uh, you know, after getting thrashed by uh, Ottawa at home. I will just to just to pile on with what you said, Mike. Um, full marks to like Vancouver's defense did, and I really did do an outstanding job. Um, not like as, again, as much as I look through that, watch that game very much through the. Lens, lens of a Forge supporter. Vancouver, it wasn't like Hamilton. This was Hamilton's game to take and they blew it. Vancouver did their part. They were, they, like you said, they did frustrate the living hell out of Schwanier. And, and Wubens, they kept him so far on the wing. Like he couldn't, he was still kind of effective putting the ball into the box, but that's not, that's not what, that's not his primary strength as far as his scoring record shows. So yeah, they like Vancouver came with a plan and they, they did hold their own. And even when, when those substitutes came in, like, yes, Hamilton looked much better, but when it's all said and done, that's Vancouver's structure and hard work to keep, keep composure in the back to not let the point slip away. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, last last thing I'll sort of say on this game, um, Menjikar James, what a signing! Oh um, my God, yes, God, I, yeah, signing. yeah, yeah. Just just have like, all the players, you guys. Yeah, what a signing! Uh, because he's been phenomenal uh, since he's, he's so put good. on a Ford shirt. No, look, it's a former national team player. You expect quality from him, um, but he Man. has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, since he's Man, come forward in many ways and in many ways, you know, look in many ways, one forge a point against Pacific 
Um, and it's the point that is essentially, or the three points, I should say, um, that is keeping them top of the league right now. Yep. Um, you know, and in a lot of ways, I think he's, you know, the perfect player to slot in after you you lose a, a, a Daniel Crutzen, right? Because mm-hmm. um, normally for a CPL team, that is a monumental loss. That is a monumental shifts the way that you look at your season loss um, and you're able to get Menjikar James in um, speaks to obviously sort of the power of forge um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways Again, Marmy Dick comment, but um, <laughs> very much it's very much true. Um, and also, you know, obviously credit to the player who's come in um, and in a lot of ways, you know, some people I heard question whether or not he'd hang his head by coming to Canadian premier league and leaving Europe um, has not done so in any in any which way um and, it, and in fact in many ways has improved that defense in some ways and also shout out to Kwesi Poku who I just think is a player that should be on his way to Europe by the end of the season uh because he was fantastic again to, uh on Friday night agreed uh Magic James the man has a magnet on in his boots that is strictly tuned to the ball it's incredible how he just vacuums that thing up and just no problem just no problem he makes it look so easy and I know it's not, but he makes it so look so effortless. It, it is quite the coup that I got him. And, and Kristen, I don't know why you're bitter. We are all forge fans here. All of us. I am a fan of some forge players. That's the same thing. Mike, what did I say? What did she say? Were they the same? <laughs> same, 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 yeah. same. Okay. All right. Just, just, just it, it, quietly in your head, Kristen, you are singing, We are the Forge. The mighty, <laughs> mighty Forge. Just because I know far too many of your stupid chants. It doesn't matter. Quiet. You love them. Um, <laughs> the other the other game I want to mention, like, yes, the, the Valor Pacific one, a bit weird. Good, good on Winnipeg for whatever it is they're trying to do, which hopefully reflects in raising their profile a bit in their community because that's been an issue and a lot of that's coming from team marketing and the fact they play in just a very strange place but anyway we can get into that another day but uh why you guys york united found their scoring boots finally the team that was expected to score goals has taken six games far too long to double their up for the first five games, they'd scored three goals. Yeah. Three. And yeah. then on the weekend, they, look great. they went to Halifax and destroyed the Wanderers three nil and looked like world beaters doing it. They, can I, go sorry, no, I go was going to ask, can I ask, is that more that they found their scoring boots or is that, that they ended up playing the Wanderers? You know, that's a very fair question. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's, it's a little of both yeah. because I haven't seen that kind of movement and attacking intent from them for most of this season. That's fair. And again, going into the season, I had, I had, I had York, you know, same up in the with the top tier of the teams just based on how they ended last season. And the momentum they were building and whatever, whatever, again, whatever the off the pitch stuff is going on with them, team ownership, blah, 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 all that stuff, whether or not they're moving to Woodbine next season, all those things. They still have 
a pretty talented team. They have a very talented team. Stupidly talented. Including some of the best ball handlers and attacking yes. players in the league. If honestly, if they if they ever get like if they Stable? ever really hit stride, like where they yeah. just are all on the same page. Um, like this is this is like I felt like this last year too, and they just seem to have you know maintained, if not got a little bit better. If they can, if they can find that groove, which I know it's there, because we, if you watch the highlight packs, especially in that Halifax game, they look like, they look like New York Cosmos, both the colors yeah. too, and like just the the skill, like they've got, they have it. It's the inconsistency of that skill, and if they ever hit that stride where they can just do this night in night out, the league is theirs. It's not even like. They'll they'll have they'll they'll have competitive games against you know some of the legacy great teams such as Forge for example, but I mean <laughs> they will fuck them up. Yeah, <laughs> they are see, so good. Yeah, you see, uh, they got a lot of talent, but uh, one, you're right, they lack consistency, and I think two, there's a difference between having a lot of talent and knowing how to win. Those are two very, very different things. And what are you trying to say about Martin Nash? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I look, I look. Martin Nash is in his second season, um, has, in in as head coach, and he's had a lot of turnover in that roster, right? Like yes. in, in in a lot of ways, and it's hard to sort of implement ideas when your roster's changing all the time, um, or you're bringing in a lot of young players. Like this is probably one of the youngest teams in the league. Um, oh, in yeah. terms of there, overall there's some age, serious right? babies on that team. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, there's tiers in, already in year five of the Canadian Premier League where, you know, you have your Forge Pacific and Cavalry are kind of your always solid, should be playoff contenders every single season. I, I you know, the next level should be your Athletical Ottawa's, you know, your Valor and your Yorks, I think. And then, you know, Vancouver and Halifax kind of bring up the third tier. That's in my opinion. Um, and, and I know a lot of uh, Atletico Ottawa fans are always going to have a go at me um, for, for not putting them in that top tier. But, you know, no. you, you give me not a yet. second season of, of that. Exactly. And then you're exactly. in there. But right now, Cavalry, Pacific and Forge are the yep. three teams that consistently are in that mix. Right. And, and, and I think that York has not quite figured out what that step is. And part of that, again, is just down to I don't think and it's not in the club's philosophy in terms of how Angus McNabb, you know, if you ever listen to him talk about player recruitment and how he how that is sort of their philosophy of getting players and being able to move them on. You know, you're not going to be a, a forge where you keep the same group of players year after year after or core players year after year after year Pacific yeah. kind of the same cavalry to a lesser extent but still have some players that have some continuity those teams that can do that win in this league generally speaking um and and you know those who do not or do not have that philosophy tend to fluctuate year over year that's fair yeah that's yeah. that's 100 fair and it has been and the other thing with 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 uh with york united is um you know, they've had a literal identity crisis, right? Um, with the branding of the team, with who's running the team. Like, I, like I, 
I, I, I, I sing Agnes McNabb's praises a lot on our show, um, just in terms of getting the marketing and the social media better like the vast improvement once he came on board of the comms team for york united was startling i was like oh this is is everyone else paying attention to this guy like i i i don't i don't praise social media or comms teams very much just because i find most of them really annoying um and i get it's a it's a thankless job for the most part but these guys do a great job now if they just had yeah a consistent product or a consistent identity and that's a big problem with york united they went all in on this york region nine commute whatever thing that hasn't been working for them and you know this move potentially still who knows move to woodbine i think was going to be a really good thing because it was going to now still far out of the city center but it was going to get them closer and was going to make them slightly more accessible. Plus, you might get people who are there who are spending the day at Woodbine for various forms of entertainment and such who could stumble into a game and who could give them a higher profile. So that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. But I do think that's been par- part of their problem is this whole ongoing off and on the pitch identity crisis. It's very hard to sort of fight for something when the badge on your shirt could change again, uh, you know, like there's just this little bit of nebulousness to that squad. And it was built on a bit of a kind of a stretch in terms of what the club identity was supposed to be. So out of all the teams in Camp Yell, um, with whatever questionable marketing and and overarching themes to their team um of which is most of them this one i think it is i think this particular one has affected the play on the pitch more than any of the other teams who have had to sort of cobble to who've had to take a sort of a nebulous concept winnipeg for one and really kind of like hone in on that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do to a certain extent. I, 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 look, I was at the York ninth launch. I, I went to that. Um, nice. And I, and I've went, and I went to their Jersey launch and I always thought nice it would be difficult. The they were, they were very nice jerseys. Well, uh, they, they do make want... the nicest kits in the league. Uh, though the Vancouver, the, yeah, I, I guess the say, red yeah. and black Van- is Vancouver, the Vancouver kit. wins consistently, but York is yeah. always right up there. Yeah. yeah. Vancouver is the red and black is the alternate kit, right? That's yeah, the alternate. Which is yeah, a okay. shame because it's glorious. Because it's, it's glorious. It is very, very nice. I really want, I actually am probably going to get one. Um, I, I've always thought it was going to be difficult for that, that team to really grab a foothold. There's just so much noise. Just in this whole GTA area, there's so much noise in oh, terms yeah. of wait till know, the women's team gets here. Right. Like just in terms of just trying to grab people's attention and, and really get them focused. And when you add on top of that, Chris, Chris, right. Like your, your point about not having, trying to root yourself in new identity that you, you just aren't able to really, uh, you know, build that and identify that and make that tangible for people. 
you know, you're going to, you, you, I, I think you may struggle and, and we'll see how this move proposed move to, to Woodbine goes that I have, I honestly have no idea. I have no, it could be great. It could be awesome. And, and people really in that neighborhood, you know, out in Rexdale, um, you know, really, uh, Bring something spectacular yeah. to that area. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Um, my my feeling, based on just knowing the area, is that it's going to still be a bit of a struggle, just because you know transportation there is not great. Yeah. Um, you know, just the the idea of of having a, a team that's transplanted from another side of the city at York uh, York University coming over here is that going to really sort of attract people? I don't know, um, it, it, but I do agree that it's affected sort of their on-field product as well. But it's funny you mentioned that in terms of this nebulous idea of trying to build identity and it coming onto the pitch and then transferring it to their opponents this weekend of HFX Wanderers who have a clear identity. Like you clearly know what HFX is about. You know, if you've been to the Wanderers grounds, had the privilege of going twice, it is, you know, this is Halifax. You know, everything about the club screams the city and screams um, the the identity of that city. And they just haven't been able to get it right either. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're sitting dead last in the, in, in the table or tied for last in the table. Um, and look, I actually think they have done positive things. You know, um, Patrice Glacier has gone there and done really well uh, and, and really started to bring a, a more progressive playing identity to the team. Yeah. But there are going to be hiccups along the way. And this is definitely, this game was definitely one of them because as you mentioned, you know, York tore them apart in a lot of different ways. Um, and, and I give a moment for, you know, we're talking about TFC, the TFC fan base sort of feeling it right now. Give a thought for Wanderers fans um, who are going in numbers every week you know, clearly the highest attendance in the league. And they just aren't getting the product that that support kind of deserves, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've often concerned, like, because, you know, I, I, I obviously want to see this succeed. And I often wonder if, like, what, when, when a breaking point is for a successful in the stands club, like where's that breaking point where they know they become less successful in the stands. And I mean, Halvax getting to the final of the, of the bubble was nice, but it's also kind of unfortunate because their supporters couldn't get to see them in person to, 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 to revel in that, to be a part of that. So yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't, not that any club deserves to be last or dead last or out of the playoffs all the time, but Halifax, I would like to see them get to a final and win it possibly at the expense of Pacific would be really nice too. Um, that one's for Kristen. So <laughs> thanks. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hope it always seems like they, they, they're, they're constantly like change turning over their players in Halifax for one reason or another. And I don't know. I just, it always seems like maybe they're going to get it right and they'll show some promise early and then it just fizzles or they have like a really good, like one or two or three game run. Can't have a one game run that never mind a two or three game run. And then it just 
no, okay, that that just didn't materialize. Yeah, you get anything full like any, like a regular consistency. Yeah, they have a hard right. time keeping players. Right, they have a hard time attracting players to come out east. Um, and, and you know the biggest thing for them is goal scoring. Right, um, they still haven't got John Morelli back. Akeem Garcia for a shining moment in the 2020 tournament, you know, looked like he could be an answer and it just didn't really pan out in a consistent way. So that has always been sort of the Wanderers problem is they just don't have somebody who can consistently put the ball in the net uh, and, and sort of win them games that way. Uh, and, and, you know, there's obviously that's a very simplistic way of looking at, it. there's a lot of different things and nuances to the roster build, but you know, it looks like they may get, um, uh, you know, a, another potential star, Massimo Ferran. I thought he, I thought he's been really great so far at the start of this season um, from League One Ontario, from Von Azuri, um, that Patrice brought with him uh, from the League One Ontario Championship team. Again, will he will he turn into somebody who can who can be a real big match winner for for the Wanderers? We'll see. Um, but that again, that's a team that. You know, if they can get it right, right, if they can get it right, you can kind of see the same sort of effect that Atletico Ottawa had last year, right? If, if yeah. You get it right, you 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 start getting the community aspect right in, in the way that you build the club, and you really start to take off in, in terms of sort of that community support, um, you know, because I, you know, I, I think the league would be better, and I think the league will be better, you know, if the Wanderers are, are consistent contenders. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, we want like, especially with a especially with a league that has, you know, still only has this few teams, right? Like, you want, you want it to be competitive top to bottom. And and also, now I think Halifax is pretty well supported, and they have that delightful ground. Um, I don't feel like they're really in any danger due to underperforming. However, you never want to think that and you never want to hang your hat on that. So no, the more, the more competitive every team in this league can be the better for all concerned for all the reasons for profile, for money, for player desire to go there for player movement, all of the things. Um, And for the fan bases, of course, right? Like there's, there's all the reasons for every team to be, but it makes you make the other teams better. You make the league better. People become more interested in the league. It's more likely that expansion happens faster. You know, not that we want MLS style expansion. Can PL, please remember that. You won't, but you could try. Mm. Um, no, no, 100%. And, you know, the, there's still lots of games left in the season to see how stuff shuffles out and everything. But it's just been, it's been an interesting start to the season, I think, for um, for the Can PL. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. let's move on from that and let's get into you know the things we're we're talking about and it's all tfc this time um because we're just going to talk about well the, the the ongoing issues so after the match uh in austin on the weekend um Berndusky, who was subbed out you know subbed out for one thing subbed out fairly early for another thing um I've seen I've seen Bob's comments on that um, and having seen 
again, highlights from that match as well as just, you know, other things. I'm not, I'm not broken up over that kind of sub. Um, again, he's played a lot. He's had a lot asked of him. And if he wasn't a hundred percent, even if, even if he was a hundred percent, sometimes, sometimes you just sit your best players down and give them a break, you know, like it just happens. So I'm not annoyed with that at all. Um, but similar to a Danny Cooverman's moment, 11 years ago and if you don't know what i'm talking about why are you listening to this show um yeah, how are you listening to the show yeah, exactly <laughs> we were we were we were pretty much born of that um that's where we came a real team yes yeah, well that too was. right that's true that's true that really solidified everything including the fan base <laughs> the, the, the the trauma bonding yeah we you, know, you just together. can't beat it nope um, so Cooverman's infamous, we're the worst team in the world press conference with just that despondent poleaxed look on his face. Seeing Bernadeschi after the Austin match had a similar feeling, just the look on his face. And, you know, again, passionate guy he clearly cares which is great you want that you want and you i've seen it from multiple interviews my actually one of my favorite things right now is every richie larea interview it's peppered with swear words i love it go richie do it don't hold back get him richie don't be polite for the social media people who cares um anyway so he had a lot to say about how the team plays and talking about the tactics um saying that they're playing without an idea without a without a without a, a plan um we don't know how basically we don't know how to pass the ball was one of the most damning things we said and he said this is a real problem because we don't train that are you fucking kidding me uh -huh. um so it's a lot of people are saying this was absolutely an indictment of Bob Bradley and that he was like squarely trashing the, the coaching staff. Other people are saying, no, 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 he's not saying that. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I, it feels pretty damning. Um, I think the truth is somewhere a little bit in the middle one of the reasons is, and someone said this, they were like, like, I can't believe that TFC have this up on their site. And I was like, well, why wouldn't they? It's everywhere. Yeah. You can't avoid that it happened. Mm -hmm. 27 different soccer journalists posted his comments word for word in screenshots seconds after they happened, basically. Like, I, I literally just sat there on the train scrolling through my phone because my train was late um, getting in, uh, just reading it over and over and over and over again. Um, so I think maybe TFC of the past might not have kept it up or posted it, posted a link to it, just let people read it from other transcripts. I think it's good that they do, that they keep that there, that they are honest i guess is maybe the best word I'm, I'm saying that there that there are that there are issues 
you know, it's very clear to anyone who watches, anyone that has eyes, but let's, let's, let's be honest about this. There are issues and, and your best player, and he is our best player right now, um, closely followed by Richie Larea and followed by Sean Johnson and then three or four other people and then a bunch of kids who nobody should be trashing every single fucking match. And, and sorry, I will let you guys talk, but I'm very, this is something that I've become no, increasingly go for frustrated it, about. Go for it. And I get, I get that this, that the fan base is frustrated. I understand. I have been with you this whole time too. I watch, I, this is, you know, this has been my life for 16. How many years have we been doing this? Yeah, 16, 16 years, 17 years, a long fucking time. Um, and while again, I am not laying all the blame for this season on injuries. Have you ever like, seriously, one, have you ever seen this, this consistently this long for a team to be missing this many of its players and this many of its top players where you cannot consistently know who you're going to field match to match. And then you are asking kids from the academy team, some of who are very talented and have futures a hundred percent or young players that have sat on the bench or sat near the bench that haven't made the 18 to suddenly be world beaters it's not that they're not talented. It's not that they can't learn new skills and can't up their game, but you don't automatically become someone who can hang with, you know, Federico Bernardeschi or Lauren Signe or, 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 you know, CJ Sapong. I'm going to throw that out there too. As a talented man, as a veteran, they don't just suddenly, their skill level doesn't just suddenly Go up three sections. This isn't a fucking video game. You can't just like go buy a magic potion and suddenly your health and your strength and your agility and your acuity go up seven points. That's That's not how this works. As far as video games, that's an excellent potion. I don't know what games you're playing, but that's that's overpowered. Legacy, maybe, maybe. This is I haven't properly gamed in years, but I just anyway. I think we Um, can. But. I just get very frustrated when everyone's like, oh, this team isn't good enough. This is just like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Why are these guys playing? Who the fuck else do you want to play? Who else is going to play? Are you going to play? You think you're good enough? You go talk to Bob Bradley. You go talk to Bill Manning. Maybe they'll let you play beer league fucking keeper. Like, it just, whatever is wrong with this team, and obviously there are things wrong with this team. Of course there are. And they're not all injury related. There is a lack of vision in the identity. But again, it's also hard to stamp your identity on a team when you don't know who your players are most of the time right now. I just, I would really like people to step back and fucking think about what it is you actually want. Yes, we all want a competitive and winning side. Of course we do. We pay a lot of money for our tickets. We pay a lot of money to go down to BMO Field. We do this week in, week out. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our passion, our anxiety, our patience, our love for the sport. All of those things. But Jesus fucking Christ, it's just sport. Okay? And, and I mean that as someone who dedicated huge swaths of her life to this sport both for the national teams and for my home side. Like, 
leave these kids alone, man. Like, look at them for who they are. Look at the potential. What was it? A few, a few games back. God, JMR had a great game. Mac had a great game. Um, the tall kid, the tall person, Mabika. Tall kid. Let's just go with the tall kid. Yeah, Mabika. Mabika. Like there was three or four very strong performances, and I shouted them out on Twitter, and I got like the stupidest replies. Like just literally people who can't possibly be watching the game or understand how the game is played. You were asking for nuance on Twitter, Kristen. I wasn't asking for anything. I wasn't, ex- well, that's true. I wasn't <laughs> expecting any replies at all, but I was just like, and, and like, I'm looking at player ratings from like three, four, five different soccer sites, all of them who have these guys as the top players in the match. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm not insane. Like, I've done this for a long time. I may not be the best at analytics. I, you know, my, I'm not as sharp at this as I used to be, but Jesus Christ, I know a strong performance when I see it. I know when I see someone doing good work off the ball and with the ball, like fuck y'all. So, so I see these people calling for like, Oh, JMR should never sit on the pitch. Are you on crack? He should start. Well, we have all these injuries. He should always be playing. If Cervania's hurt, JMR should always start, you know, like, sorry, this turned into a much longer rant than I expected it oh, to. Oh, good. No, I don't know, but it's good Mike, to get it out. It's good Mike, to talk about uh, it. Honestly, Ranty Kristen's a pretty awesome Kristen, isn't it? <laughs> I just, I, maybe I'm just at a point where I don't expect or need everything to be burned to the ground every five seconds. And this is coming from someone who has called for this team to be blown up for the last four seasons. Yeah. And it's taken them too long to do it. But that doesn't mean that I think the world should burn or that a bunch of these players don't deserve time and space. And that my expectation for most of the squad right now is to not get a lower body injury. (laughs) Um, Don't get a red card and not look like absolute, like just don't look like absolute crap. If you can avoid looking like a deer in the headlights on the pitch, for at least three or four of these guys right now, I'm good. Well, see, I'm I good. Th- yeah, and I think that's part of, I think a lot of people's frustration, you know, the ones that, that really sort of watch this team and fully understand sort of the, the nuances of what's going mm-hmm. on here. No, it's not really the players, right? Like there's talent on this team. Yes, there's a lot of injuries, but even when you get all those injuries back, and you, that's a talented team. That, that starting 11... That we saw oh, yeah. in DC on opening day. Obviously, you know, you, you're not looking for Lorenzo and Sydney to get hurt in 34 minutes. But that team could, you know, if, if it's structured the right way and is should pointing top, in the right top, direction, should be. Yeah. Top quarter that, of this league. Yeah. 100%. 100%. No, I don't think anybody is doubting that there's talent on this team. There is talent all over this team, both veteran and young player. To me, uh, and this is where I may counter a little bit, Kristen, with you, is just that I, I think there is a question around leadership and how, what again, it's the idea of what is this team, what what is the identity of this team? I know that word gets used a lot. Um, it gets thrown around it's, a lot. It's not a, it's not a bad word, though. There, it, there no, it's not a bad word. I get it. We talk about it. Exactly. and And I think that right now, between fan base, between maybe even some of the players, like we just don't know what that is right now. Like, like I, I think 
I think why people are pining for, like, say, Greg Vanny to return, which, by the way, I will point out is not a good idea at the moment because LA Galaxy are dead last in MLS They're right now. They're worse than Toronto. They're worse than They're Toronto worse right than now. They're worse than Toronto, which I right. pointed out a couple weeks ago, but joked yeah. about a prisoner swap of coaches because. <laughs> well, right. Like, you know, I, you know, from that perspective, you know, I would hold my horses on that. But I think the the issue here is that. We just we just don't know what either tactically or just big picture TFC. What is this club? You know, it's gone from look team that couldn't figure out how to tie its left shoelace in the early years to all of a sudden starting to realize, hey, maybe we spend some money, maybe we win. Then it spends money, then it starts to win. Then it's kind of trying to repeat the same formula over and over, over again. And over. Exactly, and. and you you realize that the league caught up and passed you in that time while you were trying to replicate the same thing that worked from yeah. 2015, 16, right? And I think that's where this club, in terms of how it starts to think of itself and build its roster, is stuck. It's stuck trying to still build a team that Tim Bezbachenko started to build in 2014 when he got here, midway through 2014 when he got here, right? Yeah. Well, after the sacking of, of Ryan Nelson. It's still trying to think that, hey, if we go out and we spend on two DPs and we blow most of the budget on these guys and then we're kind of going to fill here and there, we should be competitive. That's not how MLS works anymore. It just doesn't work like that. Even LAFC who spend money, right, uh, mainly on transfer fees for younger players, you know, <laughs> they still don't they, they don't quite build a, a squad that way. Right. Like yeah. you, you still build it around using your, your allocation dollars to build a strong core of talent from, you know, the first player in your team sheet all the way down to the last sort of senior roster spot um, on the squad. So that when you do run into injuries, right, you've got a mix of players that are going to be able to come in and do a job. And this is not to jump on the, the young players because how can you ask, some of these young players to come in and all of a sudden, yes, please do yeah. this exact same thing that Jonathan Osorio does and has been doing for a decade exactly. really well at this club. How are you going to instantly step- be at that level? Exactly. Right How are you asking a Hugo Mbonga to come in and be, you know, the savior number nine when you're trying to compare Jesus, that guy to Jesus Sebastian Javinko or Josie Altador? It's impossible. Those guys did everything. They won almost everything, you know, in, in an 18 month span and everybody fell in love with those guys. And the problem is, is that for a lot of fans, they just have not been able to separate that time and say, that was a great moment in club history. We kind of have to put it behind us now and start thinking about what is the next version of Toronto FC and this MLS today look like? And I don't think we really have a solid answer on that. No, I agree. So then that leads me to, I guess, three questions. Only three, she says. Um, and so two, two, two of them are the, pretty much the same question, just different people. One is, and I think trying to answer it through this discussion, are all the criticisms fair? Obviously not, but a lot of them, yes. Um, but so let's, let's, let me shift that a little bit to, what about Bob? Like what has happened to Bob Bradley because while I wasn't like jumping off the roof excited when he got signed, there's a lot of Bradleys involved with this club and 
think there's three of them, um, possibly more behind the scenes that we don't even know about. Who knows? Um, you know, he's it's got a, a he's been asked to do a lot. He's the he's the GM and the coach, which honestly is probably a bad thing. Um, but you know, his reputation in MLS. I'm not talking about his reputation anywhere else. I'm talking about his reputation in MLS was pretty strong. We all saw what we did with LAFC. That was pretty fucking exciting. Mark Anthony K played some of his best football under Bob Bradley. Bob seemed to nurture, develop, and promote young players while at LAFC and, and previously in his career as well. Again, something as a TFC fan who loves the academy, thank you, Aaron Winter, um, and wants that to be a thing, I was, again, for those reasons, I was pretty excited about all of this. So what has happened? And then do you think Bob Bradley needs to leave now or at the end of the season? I'm more of an end of the season kind of gal because unless they have a detailed point for point plan to magically fix this, which won't happen, bringing in a new coach now, I feel is a waste of time and effort. That's just me. Um, but also, similar vein, does Bill Manning need to go? Mm. Mm. Mr. Those Hinkley, are my you questions. You want to take that on first? Oh, oh, th- thanks. Thanks, Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as Mike was saying to me earlier, absolutely. Uh, no, kidding. <laughs> um, man, I realize like, because of the nature of how the team was built and, and the money that they splashed out for these players, this is this is on him as much as it is uh, Coach Bob. And at the same time, too, I feel like the pieces are definitely there. And it's just, I don't know if it's a tactics thing. I don't think it's a motivation thing. I did. I don't if it, if there's anything I feel like the the players aren't sold on this because they've never actually seen it work. And if I had to pick you know who stays and goes, I don't know why somebody would leave me with that kind of responsibility. Um I I can't put it all on I can't put it all on Bill. Uh because they brought in quality like this. These are known characters of quality who can deliver good performances, whether it's at their previous clubs, whether it's on national teams, we know it exists. So why the fuck hasn't it combined? Why hasn't, why hasn't all the, all the ingredients blended in with one another? And I feel like I feel like I have to look at the chef rather than the guy who owns the restaurant. Um, I I know I've I know I've mentioned this at, at, in length about you know how much how much leeway does Coach Bob have, and I still think he has a lot because he can still say, well, this isn't clearly the final project product because we have 
an ungodly amount of injuries. And it is a lot. Like that's like nobody's denying how many injuries that actually is. It's practically a first team's worth. So because I don't know. The other thing too is, and I'm just going to say this, I don't know where it becomes and when it becomes a Bill's issue. Like when Bill has to be the fall guy for it. Right. I, I, I feel like, I feel like, like, I think what it is, is does it, when does it go too far where Bill doesn't pull the trigger to get rid of Bob? And then it's like, okay, now you both go because Bill's seen success. So when you have success, you can kind of, you give yourself that leeway too. And this has clearly been a rebuild. It's a little late starting, but it's still, we're, it's rebuilding. It's rebuilding, not rebuilt. Yeah. So uh, this is, this is just, a tough just, one. Just, just do it. I just gave, go. Yeah, I gave no tough... answer. I'm sorry, Mike. I no, gave no, no, you no, no real answer. Yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. It, Cause it's, it, there is no great answer to this. Right. Like, you know, I, everybody's, you know, a lot of people are looking around the Bradley out train. I just say like, if you're going to fire him, who are you replacing him with? And nobody has yeah. a good answer for that. Nagelman's isn't coming here. People. Yeah, it's exactly. Just yeah. Everybody with the, uh, everybody's like, ah, don't worry. You know, uh, Malegri's going to leave Juventus and it's going to be all right. Like that's nah, not happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, look, I, I think there's a couple of things to this one. Yes. I think, you know, to a certain extent, like you, you had to rip down or Bob had to come in and rip down an entire already built, already well-established roster and, and re reset it and reset the, not just the, the players, but the entire culture, right. The entire culture in that dressing room um, had to be reset. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. things happened with Soteldo um, and with Pozuelo and with a few other players at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That needed to be dealt with, and they were dealt with. And but I think also from a a, a squad building point of view, you know, some of this has to go on 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 Bill to a certain extent. Look, those DPs weren't signed by Bob Bradley, right? They were signed by Bill, and whether they were signed with Bob knowing about them ahead of time, because you know, look, he was still under contract at LAFC when those negotiations were taking place for the most part, at least for Insigne. Mm-hmm. He didn't have an opportunity to say like, "Hey, that's my guy." Now, granted, I don't think he's going to take this job. Get Lorenzo and Sinia. Say, yeah, not my guy. Don't like it. Um, obviously, no, he's not going to do that. He's going to try to work with a world class footballer. Exactly. Right. But I think there's there's equal quote unquote blame to spread around. You know, at a certain point, when the team goes out onto the pitch and just looks bereft of ideas right I, I think that that lies on the manager at some point but i also think that from a a roster build perspective look this team is not built right now to peak next season that's not that's not the plan here the plan is to win now that yeah. that's what it's tfc is built plan. to be it the plan it's is to win now so it has to be judged and team has to be judged on that uh, on sort of that's the plan or you know that's at least the loose ideas like this team is supposed to be competitive right now and it just simply isn't 
Like I know, and it's not like TFC are way out of. No, that's the hilarious thing about MLS and Eastern Conference. Actually, although, you know what? The Western Conference isn't much better. There's like three or four good teams this year. Everyone else is either mediocre or shit. Exactly. hilarious, actually. Exactly. How's that expansion going for you there, guys? How's that working? How's that working, Don? Is that good? Hey, man, the the owners got money in their pockets, so they're happy. But... um, Right. Like they're not, they're not that far out of the, you know, two good results and one or two of the teams having bad results and you're right back into it. You're right back into it. So we have to keep that in mind, but it does feel like right now they're further away from being in it than the points indicate, if that makes sense. Right. Like it feels like, you know, they may only be five points out of a playoff spot or four points, whatever it is right now, but it feels like they might as well be 10 points. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's kind of the concern, I think, right. For, for the fan base, plus you're stuck with this team right now. Like there's not a lot of movable assets uh, on the, on the squad, you no. know, you, who, who are you going to trade to get other players? You know, the, the Bill Manning and Bob has also talked about the fact that look, the budget has been reduced for TFC this season. So mm-hmm. if they do go get a third DP, don't expect it to be some kind of, you know, it's not Olivier Giroud they're going to go get, right? Like, it's what? it's going to be... It, yeah, I know. Giroud? Yeah, no, no Giroud. Sorry, guys. Oh, um, you know, or no, no Roberto Firmino. Uh, <gasps> you know. Aw, but... Yeah, but, I know. But did you I not... He looked... He would be happy because he was so he's sad on the weekend. weekend. He was so he's sad. sad. Even after he scored the beautiful goal. Yeah. Like, he... Bobby, come here. Don't go back to Brazil. Just come uh, here. It'll be fine. It'll be all better. Oh, yeah, it would be all better. But, you know, when you're asking for, you know, when you're looking at Lorenzo Insigne, who is, you know, necessarily lighting the world on fire, making as much as he's making, even though it says he's giving back some money. You're like, hey, I just scored a goal in the Premier League. Um, Probably put my team in the Champions League. uh, 20 million a year, please. Uh, You know, don't think they're getting that kind of money uh, for, for salary. So, you know, to, you know, I'm again, I'm sort of fully Mark. I'm not answering the question either, but uh, no, ah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like does, does Bob need to go? It's a question to answer. Well, yeah, it is. And it, like, it, does Bob need to go right now? I honestly think no. And the only reason I say that is because I don't know who you replace him with. I don't really know who you go out and you're going to get and not just come in, but come in and make this team win now. Right. Exactly. Because the, again, the and team is not built to be good in 2020 or to peak in 2023. And OK, now that's the year you compete for MLS Cup. That's not the plan. The plan nope. is that this team is competitive right now. And I don't yep. know who you bring in to do that other than Bob Bradley, because he's built the team. I think and I whatever people most a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this and including my dad, who does not like Bob Bradley, but that's OK. Um he never has. So that's, he wasn't happy to begin with. I, to me, you stick with Bob until the end of the season, regardless of what happens, you just ride this shit out and hope two things happen. One, that your players fucking come back from injury, not too poorly destroyed. So Bradley's out for a while, which honestly is unfortunate and again as i've said far too many times this season it feels very weird for me to praise michael bradley but jesus christ do they ever miss him mm-hmm. um also jonathan osorio please come back also can we please have the defenders stay healthy for more than 47 minutes 
that would be nice. Every time Matt Hedges does not play, I have heart palpitations and my anxiety levels go up several notches because, again, I hate that our defense relies on one player pretty much, but it does right now. So, mm. so you hope that the injured players come back. Uh, you know what? Christian Gutierrez, please, oh, please. You actually made sick, the bench bro. the other day. I was so excited. I was like vibrating with excitement at the thought that your non-COVID illness is now passed and that you might actually play because we need you to play. So anyway, um, uh, hey, I'll say Kobe Franklin has actually stepped in really well. I thought so he's good. played really, really well. Like to the point where I'm like, do you like, do you need to play Christian Gutierrez right now? Like I think Kobe Franklin well, think, has done a solid job. Yeah. But, but when Richie Larea, well, he's probably not going back. They're probably going to find a way to keep him, but should that happen? Hmm. I don't know about we, Richie. I don't you know, know. Newcastle staying and yeah, Nottingham staying up. So it, better chance, but it's also an opportunity for him to maybe be loaned out to a European club. Maybe I, it's, I see. That's the one thing we can't, we can't, we can't, uh, you know, hang our hats on right now. And that's going to get decided in a month. Right. So, yep. no. but so you want the injured players to come back and come back properly and hope, you know, fingers crossed that everyone's truly and honestly through their stuff. Um, in the meantime, that, and I, I don't know how injured Insigne is, but that Insigne figures out, I think for him, it's a mental thing, not a not an ability thing. There's clearly a bit of a disconnect there. So Bob needs to find a way to get his head right and giving him the captain's armband is not it. And I get what he was trying to do. I understand it from a, a leadership perspective. You know, you want to imbue a person on your team, maybe who is struggling. You want to give them a little boost of confidence. I believe in you. I believe in your abilities. You are the guy that's leading our team right now. And I understand it. Insigne, it's just not his personality. You should give that armband to Sean Johnson. Um or to Richie Larea, which I think is hilarious because he's a hothead, but whatever. Um, or give it to Bernadeschi. You know what? Give it to one of those guys. Give it to Mark Anthony K. Whatever. But I want to see, regardless of that, some sort of, I would like to see development of the younger players. I'd like to see him consistently, you know, pick an 11, pick a 14 out of the guys you have right now. You know, you've signed some kids to, to short-term contracts with the mash, you know, with the weird loosey goosey rules, you can sign them for a little bit longer. I know you can pick an 11, pick a 14. These are the guys you're going to rotate in and out week in week out until you can start subbing in the guys coming back from injury and making them better and have a consistent something from that. And the summer transfer window, man, I don't know what they do. They're already talking about, you know, like Jonathan Osorio had that raise because he's unofficially a DP right now, but they can like, they have some money on the books that they can use for an additional DP and whoever that ends up being, if they even do it. And they probably shouldn't this year, but they will cause it's MLSE and it's always, we have to win every year and it's stupid. Um, but if Bob can do something consistent with these guys, 
And I don't care if they play flashy football, except for they are built to play flashy football. Um, I would just like consistent football from them and consistent like focus from these guys. If all of that can happen, I will happily let Bob keep his job until the end of the year. And I won't call for Bill Manning's head. Nor do I think Lorenzo Insigne, Lorenzo Insigne is the problem. He is a problem because he's not playing to his abilities right now, but he is not the problem. He is not the source of all that ails Toronto FC. Those of you that think he is are wrong. Fair. I, I, yes, I agree that it probably is part of the problem. Sure. But, and, I, and I think, you know, whether that is a, a more behind the scenes locker room thing uh, or an on the pitch thing, uh, we're not sure. Um, I don't want to speculate off the pitch because we just don't know. Right. Um, and probably not our place to even know. I refer you back to John Molinaro. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I, it's, I, I, it's why I brought it up though, because yeah, no, it's true. Again, I, there's very few journalists that trust is no trust is the right word. And not, and it's not because John's been on the show or I've talked to John or whatever. Lots of people have talked to John. Lots of people know John. He's been on the scene for a gazillion years. He's seen it all just like us from a fan perspective and slight insidery perspective based on the fact that, you know, we get to talk to people sometimes. Right. And that accounts for everybody that's on this show right now. Um, but if someone is saying this is not happening and TFC does not pay John's bills. Okay. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't think anyone's going to deny John Molinaro access to the team. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like there might be other journalists that might happen to, but can you ever see Toronto FC saying, oh, John said a mean thing about us. Well, no, because he's respect because that cred is built up over time and he's exactly respected. He's a respected voice. So he doesn't need to say nice things about the locker room to keep his access. He doesn't need to sugarcoat anything. And again, I'm not saying that there aren't likely issues. Of course, there are issues. These guys have big personalities. You can see the issues playing out on the pitch sometimes. Right. We know this. We know everyone doesn't love each other. That's just silly. This isn't Ted Lasso. Um, but I, nor do I think it is the situation that we faced two seasons ago or that we faced a decade ago. Or that when, what, what, what year was, what year was um, Solzma? My Years God. Ago? Ooh, 2012? Yeah. Yeah. Like when, like was, when was, when was, when was Club Escobar? I'm pretty sure that was 2012. <laughs> You know, like, if you've heard the stories about Sulzma and his girlfriend, like, you're like, we've had, we've had things. We've had things with this team. We've had players that have done stuff, not good things at all, that have caused rifts and problems and endless chaos. Who was, who was the guy that, that got into the fight with the punch? What was his name? Punch. Passable. No, was not it? him. Later, later on, although probably him. Gregory Vanderweel. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, again, like proven problem children. I don't think that's the situation we have now. We probably have clashes of personalities. Totally expect that. Again, and frustrations mounting as the team is not succeeding, right? So anyway, sorry, continue. I'm just trying to figure my way through all this. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people are. Um, and a lot of people are trying to sort of figure out what the deal is. 
in the end, look, I think they're how, I mean, look, we could all be, you know, this, we could be doing this podcast in, you know, at in August and I'll be laughing at this time because his team's kind of clicked and figured it out and, you know, they're on their way out that based on sort of what I'm seeing right now. But, you know, it just, it, right now, it just feels like this is not a combination of this season. I think the frustration from the fan base is not just about this season, right? No. I think this is a culmination of, of the, the last past. two, three years. Exactly. It, it, it's totally a culmination of sort of just, you know, the, the gaps with that. Look, 2019, I always say this, 2019 was a mirage in the desert, right? Like it was this sort of. It was one of the worst things that ever could have happened to this club. In a way, yes, because it was great. You know, look, I got to go to a cup final away. Yeah. We lost. It was amazing. It was an, it was one of the best away trips I've, I've ever had, even though we lost. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I think a lot of back of a lot of TFC fans' minds who have been around this club for a long time, you're like, ooh, that's going to buy this this roster that probably should start, you know, coming together a little bit. Way too much fucking time. Way, yes. Extra time. And it bought them essentially two extra seasons. I mean, like exactly. really COVID and sort of are... wiped out part of it. And look, this team, again, even after COVID, this team almost won a shield, right? It I almost know. won a shield again, right? It's so, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think about three years ago, this team was in no a position to win that. the league, essentially. I know. But it, it, it's sort of the drop-off has been rapid. It has been as fast as the rise almost went, maybe even yeah. faster. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Mark, anything you want to add to the, all of this before we move on? I don't know. There's not, there's not much else I can add. Like, yeah. 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 That's the general. That I think that was the perfect addition. Yeah, right there. I mean, that is the general. <laughs> like, fuck. I, I like, I don't, I try trying to, trying to untangle this and make sense of it. Like, let's be fair. Like even, even for us just gabbing about football, it's way above our pay grade. Like, and, and, and I mean, the, but this is, you know, this is what we do, but I don't know. This, this is, this is a, this is a very particularly interesting mess because I don't know. It just seems like everything's there. It's just in one hell of a knot, one hell of a tangle. So and it's like being you guys stuck pretty in the much labyrinth. Yeah, you guys like you, you guys. You guys did. You guys said everything I thought of, and then some. So I'll just nod in agreement. Audio. Here's some good foley work. Can you hear it, guys? Can you hear it all? That's me nodding. <laughs> yep. That's some vigorous nodding right there. Oh, let me tell you. This is. This hear is the bad. next the next sinew is going. Exactly, on. man. All the nodding. Everyone's going to need chiro appointments I'm after either, this. I'm going to be hurt. I'm going to be hurt. I'll be out for two weeks. <laughs> man, <laughs> my body is. Do you need to fly fast. to England? Yeah. I was going to do, I, I was, well, I was thinking of taking a helicopter to Montreal. Um, <laughs> oh, because um, the next specialists are in Montreal. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah. That, yeah. Isn't it? Isn't that how it works? Mike, totally. I need somebody to um, fly. You, you want to fly? Uh, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. You bring the chopper. I'll pick you up. Uh, I'll pick you up downtown. <laughs> Deal of the century. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 move on from this. 
Okay, so we're we're shifting into what's coming up. There's 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 a few matches uh, coming up uh, this 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 next week, um, and let's talk about one of our favorite things first. Let's get to a happy place. We're going to talk about the Voyagers Cup, um, which we all love, and is a competition that is near and dear to our hearts every year. Um, and semifinals are this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night, baby. Wednesday night. Woo. Both matches. It's very exciting. And as I said earlier, we've got two CanPL teams still in it. There is a chance we'll have an all CanPL final for the Voyagers Cup. I I like your optimism. I doubt that it will happen. <laughs> yeah. But but there's a chance. Um, so we've got Montreal hosting Hamilton on the early match. And then in the Battle of BC3, I love this. I love, I love this ongoing theme. It makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Pacific hosting uh, the Whitecaps, which I also love, by the way. I think it's great. And the Whitecaps have to go to Starlight. Um, two kind of intriguing matchups to me um montreal who have more you know more or less turned their season right the fuck around and are just being annoyingly good again it's very irritating um after starting the season completely mired in just awfulness um but it's all coming together (laughs) isn't that great and then of course you have hamilton consistent consistently at the top of campiel you know used to cup competitions they like cup competitions you know this is one of the one of the things that hamilton is good at um is is figuring out how to turn it on for these you know brief moments and take the next step right so i think that that particular match is going to be like that one's got goals in it. You know what I mean? Like this is gonna be a fast and furious match. Yeah. There's going to be no rest in this particular one. And then Pacific hosting Whitecaps has a bit of a different feel to it for me. Again, Pacific has been playing pretty well of late. Um, again, finding their scoring boots again. They're the top scoring team in the CAMPL right now playing at home where they like to play, you know, Starlight's good to them. It's a good venue for them. They've got the, you know, the home fans. They just have, you know, home home ground advantage really does work in their favor for this match. Um, And then the Whitecaps who have been (sighs) quizzical. They're, uh, they're just very up and down. They're so, you can't really, I can't peg them at all this season, even the last two seasons, really. And like you said, yeah, very up and down. So it really, it very, it just depends on which Whitecaps team shows up. Mm. You know, does, does the, does the Scottish savior, you know, put on a show? Like, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, but I still think there are two, very exciting matches like i you know yes i would love i would rather toronto were still in it i always would rather toronto were still in it um but these are two pretty exciting matches like i will be glued to my tv on wednesday night you know what i mean like that's i've you know i'm 
I've got beer in the fridge. I'm probably going to make myself something snacky. Maybe I'll order pizza. Who knows? But like, that's my big plan for Wednesday night. Like, don't talk to me. I'm watching soccer for, you know, this many hours. That's what I'm doing because I'm really very vested in both of these semifinals. What's it like to be fancy? Look at you. No more <laughs> pizza. Ugh. <laughs> By ordering uh, pizza, I'm probably going to go buy like discount pizza and no frills. You know? Look, you're, not, you're, not, you're not diminishing the fanciness here. Okay. You're just not. <laughs> pizza is fancy. How is pizza fancy? <sighs> go to Baldi Alley's. I'll show you a fancy pizza. Jeez. You've, you've no oh idea. man. Don't I wish. <laughs> Are you kidding? I've got three, four excellent pizza joints within a five, seven minute walk of my house. Like I have, I have, there's some good pizza in Blair West Village. Let me tell you. But I don't think I can splash the cash on that. No, right fair now. enough. Uh, yeah. It, Montreal, Hamilton. Um, look, this is the third straight year. The, these teams are playing each other. So there's no, there'll be no intimidation factor from Forge, right? They're not yeah. going to be intimidated by Montreal at all. They know they can hang with them last season. Look, it was a three nil loss and they were thoroughly beaten. Um, and look, they ran into a Montreal that at the time was just sort of starting to get into the form that saw that Wilfred Nancy team really really you know show that what they could do um little did we know that wilfred not say what they would be gone in like less than six months but also weird yeah very weird well n- not weird if you understand how montreal enjoys the work um <laughs> yes. but uh, you know I, again this is a game where i i think if you're ever going to catch montreal you know, in before a cup semifinal, this is a good time for Forge to catch Montreal. They just come off two straight losses after, um, you know, essentially turning their season around by beating TFC twice in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so from that perspective, you know, you, again, you you probably catching Montreal at the right time if you're Forge, or at least the best time you could possibly get them. This will still be very tough for Forge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that Montreal team is showing a lot of signs of improvement under Hernan Losada. And I think that overall, you know, the, the one thing about Forge will be, can they finish, right? I, I think they can create opportunities. It's just, will they be able to finish those opportunities when they get them? Because they will come few and far between, I think, especially going on the road. But, um, you know, they, they, they got to be clinical that that's their that's their that's yeah. their road to the final is if you get those chances they got to be clinical and they got to be in the back of the net um or it could end up being montreal in the final again i agree jordan hamilton will not start um i thought that was funnier than than the reaction it got. i'm sorry <laughs> well no i just i'm sorry i was, I was, like, I was silent in agreement i was like you're right I, was, I actually I, uh, said it out probably, loud. I you probably it. should be right. You probably I mean, should be right. It should be Wubin Thasius up, up top. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, anyway. Sorry, I paused for com- I paused for laughter. That's on me. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like, again, everything Mike's, Mike said was 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 spot on. If If they're going to get a result out of this match, those, those Kyle Becker blasts that 80% of the time go over the bar, need to be in the 20% percentile where they go under. Um, and et cetera, et cetera. They're capable of beating them. I think Forge is capable of beating any MLS team, probably more so than most of the KMPL in general. Not to say it's impossible, but they're just very, very well equipped. 
And and also too, Bobby instills in them um no fear against whoever the hell they're playing. They went down to they went into uh Azteca and played Cruz Azul as if they were playing York, except you know, York played better and scored more goals. But my point is is like they don't really get starstruck by the opposition. And that's well, again, impressive. They've, fuck they've to me. been there, right? So right, but I mean, they sh- they have every right to go. Fuck! I can't believe we're playing an MLS team. You know, never mind like yeah. the, the the mind. Never mind like the just the mindset. Like you can, like what you Mike you said earlier. You can't. You can't. You you can have skill, but you can't teach. You know, being a winner. You said something like that. Terrible yeah. paraphrasing. I know, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> It's that like Hamilton has that mindset like all the time. It yeah. feels serial so, winners. Yeah, pretty much. And they demonstrate it all the time. It doesn't matter what the tournament is. It doesn't matter who the opposition is. It doesn't matter where the games takes place. And that to me is a far more impressive, frightening. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, for Montreal to be concerned. A team that just plays you like they don't give a shit who you are. That's a cause for Montreal to go, okay, you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna steamroll them like we did past KMPL teams. Like or mm-hmm. and, and you already highlighted, you know, the previous two two uh versions of this where result be damned, Hamilton looked good. Um not great, but good. So yeah, this is the this is the Third, third uh, version of the uh, Schwarnier Derby, and I am, <laughs> yeah, that'd you be know, I, 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 like, I mean, the my my head says Montreal is going to win this, but my heart believes that Hamilton could absolutely steal this thing. Oh, Hamilton can one hundred percent. Forge can one hundred percent steal this thing. I, the thing is, is that Montreal no longer takes this team lightly. Right. They will not take Forge lightly. They did the first time around when they brought all the kids and they almost got eliminated in penalties. Right. It literally came down to to Tristan Henry doing something he does not do every day um, away from advancing. Right. I would never want to live through that again. I mean, I saw goalie penalties, Mike. That was awesome. But I never want to see that. No, no, I don't think anybody does. Nobody like does nightmare. Yeah. Right. And like, and, and, and I think you saw that last year when Montreal came out with a first choice 11 against forge, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they played a first choice 11 pretty much against that team. Um, and, and, and won three now one handily and, and deserved to win. I think you'll, you'll see again, the same sort of respect shown to forge now, um, granted there probably will be several changes. Some are due to injury from, from a Montreal perspective, but, um, you know, I think that you're going, you, I think you're going to get a really good game against two teams who are pretty much in, it's, it's hard to say in form because Hamilton just drew and Montreal just lost. Um, but for the most part in the last, put it in the last two weeks have been in form. Um, and, and this will, to me, it could, it could swing either way. And it really, again, just comes down to can, can forge in the moments that they will be afforded because they will, I, I do f- solidly believe they'll create chances. Just can they be, they, can they be clinical, right? Mm-hmm. Can they, can they finish when they get those chances? If they can, they're in this match. If not, you know, you see, you probably see Montreal going on. Okay. So then having said all of those things, 
let's get some predictions uh, for both matches. You don't have to give me scores if you don't want to. You can if you like. What am I, a coward? I want... What? So what am I, a coward? Of course I'm giving <laughs> scores. <laughs> Put it well, let's hear it then. Let's go. Mon- Montreal Hamilton. Let's hear it. Man. I think it's going to be... Uh, I think it's going to be... God damn it. Um... Oh, God. Uh, this is the worst. With your chest. Two all say penalties. Just... And yeah. And uh, Hamilton now turned their three three penalties losing skin to do a two penalty winning streak. Hey, he's wow. going for Forge. Uh, of course. I'm going, I'm going three, two heartache loss uh, for Hamilton. Montreal scores in uh, added extra time. Okay. Yeah. I, I will go three, one Montreal. It would mainly be a two, one game, but again, Montreal probably scores um, in additional time is for try to push up uh, okay. to get the equalizer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Aquaman and Whitecaps. Is this one? I, I'm just going to jump in. I'm giving this to the White Cat. I mean, not the White Cats. I'm giving this to the Aquaman. Oh, 100%. I think this is, I think this is hundred percent out of the two matches. This is the can PL winnable match. Like being deadly serious. I'm, I'm going, I'm going two one Pacific on this. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think this is uh, the Whitecaps are not comfortable playing at Starlight Stadium. They do not like playing uh, at no, Starlight Stadium. They do not exactly. like getting on a ferry. They yeah. Ferries and the Whitecaps are not friends, um, nope. you know, uh, and it's a shame because that, that ferry is lovely. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I will go. I will actually go three one Pacific. Um, I actually think that they can score some goals on this team. I just, I, I just one. I don't think the white caps will take it as seriously. Um, maybe not take it as seriously. Maybe that's not the right word, but I think they'll rest some players, you know, um, thinking that some players can, can step in. And I also just think, you know, it, it, from, uh, when Manny Aparicio is in the mood, when exactly. Manny Aparicio is really in the mood, he is just exactly. a tough bastard to play. Like he's exactly. just such a tough bastard to play. And he can, he can feel like, you know, he he's one guy, but he can feel like he's everywhere. It's sort exactly. of like young Michael Bradley. And in a lot of ways, um, I think that that's what um, can undo uh, the White oh, yeah. Cats. They really need Ryan Gold to, to create for them. Well, like I said, like they need him to put on like a masterclass. They really exactly. do. And yeah. if, if Pacific can shut him down and put Manny Aparicio on and say, just, just dog this guy, just dog yeah. him all game, then I think it gets tough for the White Caps. Agreed. Marcus? Um, I'm going to go with uh, two nil White Caps. And it's not for any particular. <laughs> Look, look, I, I, this is again, I want Pacific to win. I am always going to be pro cup set. I don't care who the oppositions are. I'm always going to want the little guy to beat the big guy. I just don't think Vancouver is going to somehow screw this up. They've got an entire final to screw up in the next round, no matter who they play. Very true. Uh, But uh, yeah, I like, and you're, you're right though. You're right. When, when, when Manny, when Manny wants it, he's a terror. And uh, like Pacific absolutely have all the tools to take down Vancouver. I just don't think it's going to happen tonight. The, Wednesday, tonight, Wednesday. Oh, wow. I hope, you're, right. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. 100%. I, I really hope you're wrong because. Oh. All right. 
Um, we will find out. We'll, we'll discuss this more next week after after the matches. But again, tune in on Wednesday. Watch these matches because they're both going to be good. Very much so. All right. So next up, uh, we're going to preview the next two Toronto FC matches. Uh, they play this weekend here. Actually, it's two home matches. Ooh, it's a homestand, everybody. Ooh, this will help, right? Surely? No, Bust. probably not. Um, <laughs> so they are uh, home to DCU uh, on Saturday and then next Wednesday, uh, home to the Fire, who traditionally, I will say, Toronto does pretty well against it's one of those teams that we've kind of generally had their number um and much like toronto they really suck this season so you know there's hope and they're terrible on the road absolutely terrible on the road if they were if this was away to chicago i would be worried because they're actually quite good at home but they suck on the road so fingers crossed dc is a bit of a different story they've somehow managed to they started the season destroying tfc in the season opener notwithstanding kind of wonky um but they've managed to you know string some consistency together all rumors of Wayne Rooney losing his job have gone completely away. So annoying. Um, yeah. I was really looking forward to that. To, to, to Waza getting sacked. Yes. Mid-season. <laughs> not even mid-season. Like yeah. barely a quarter of the way in. I was like, yes. Gone. Go. No. Now suddenly they're like good or whatever. Fucking annoying. Um, they are they're irritatingly consistent on the road. So, you know, they're not great, but they don't suck. They've got, you know, they've got some points. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yes. So, uh, like I said, first up is DC on Saturday. Um, and, you know, there's, I feel like the, the history, the friction between Toronto and DC has faded over the years. There, it used to be like one of those fixtures that was like, oh, DC's coming, you know, like there was, there was anger and stuff like that. And some of that was Dero related. And some of that was just general Eastern conference familiarity kind of thing. But I sort of feel like that's like, eh, it's DC, Eh, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's just, that's gone down because, you know, generally we've had DC's kind of number over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, that's no longer the case uh, no. with this particular DC United team. Ever since they got they got uh, Lewis O'Brien in on loan yep. uh, from Nottingham Forest. What a difference! Looked, what a difference, right? And look, and look, like let's let's give some respect on uh, Mateus Klitsch, who's come in and has played really well, and uh, Christian Benteke is finding the net. Oh, Christian Benteke! What the hell? Yeah, right. Like Christian How Benteke, is, like. Yeah. This was not. I I, I I always expect good play, but he's not a young man. Early thirties, sure, but still, like he's playing. Well, he's playing like he's five, six years younger than he than he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's unstoppable right now. Yeah, because yeah, they're not asking him to. They're, do they're anything not asking him to do anything score, other than yeah. score goals, right? Be in the box, head stuff in, right? Like keeping it very simple. Um, because Klitsch has been able to cross balls in for him, and yeah. uh, you know Ricky Ku Di, Di Pietro, who killed us on opening day. 
Um, you know, the, the, I think he's all of 17, maybe, um, you know, has also played extremely well this season. Right. So in the fact that you've had to sit taxi Fuentes, cause you know, taxi Fuentes is a bit of an ass. Um, but you know, from that perspective, you know, this is not a team for TFC to sleep on, even though, you know, the, the, you know, we're kind of thinking, oh, it's DC United. We've had their number in the last couple of years. This is not the same DC United. Um, no, and, and they've they've been really consistent their last few matches, 100%. too. So 100 percent. So from that perspective, this is, again, going to be another tough game um, that TFC will, will have to go into at home um, and not and by any by any stretch of the, uh, the imagination, not guaranteed points. No, definitely not. Um, all right. Well, then, who's your who's your player to watch or players, if you like? Um, yeah. Um, who, for, who's this? Cl- is it Click? Yeah, Mateus Click. Oh. Yeah, from Leeds. Uh, so oh, God, they that signed is who that is. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. you mentioned him, and my brain forgot to register actually who he was. Yeah, yeah. So they they signed him from Leeds. Um, Leeds let him go early uh, and signed for the start of the MLS season. Yeah, look, I, I, I think Lewis. Yeah, I think Lewis O'Brien is the player you need to watch from DC United. Um, he's really picked the team up since he's come into the squad um, in the midfield. Look, this is a player that TFC were rumored to be going after, um, you know, with their connections to Nottingham Forest. But in the end of the day, obviously, for him to play with the to play with Wayne Rooney as his manager was sort of a tipping point, and you know they had yeah. gap space. So uh, from that perspective, you know, I, I think he's the player to watch. Obviously, people are going to watch Christian Benteke. He's a known quantity from his time in the Premier League. Um, so those are really the two that I, I'm watching, and then obviously, uh, Click will be your third. I, I, I well, I've got my actually, I've got my eye on uh, Knaus. Okay. Like, I I know, I know O'Brien, like, I know, you know, the midfield, but he's been pretty consistent. He's a lot quieter. He's he's a quieter player, but I think, um, I think his ability to sort of, you know, be unassuming has, you know, in partnership is making a, can make a difference as well. Plus, I just like his last name, Ken House. Yeah. Ken House. The cool thing about him is he's just one of those MLS guys, right? He's yeah. an MLS guy. He, yeah. You know, he's not, he's gonna, he's not, he's not he's stealing not headlines. Anywhere. Yeah. He's not, yeah. he's not stealing any headlines. He's not going to be the guy that is going to sell the shirts for your team, but no, he's a guy you need in MLS to win. But yeah. You know what he is going to do is he's going to take the ball away from you. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that I don't like about him. Like I appreciate him as a player, but not as opponent is his, his, he's, he's just one of those guys that will go down and take the ball away from you and not get called for the foul. Well, actually, that's not true. He will get called for the foul, but he'll yeah. still get away with it. Do you know what I mean? Like he yeah, does, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, a few yeah. yellow cards. Oh, yeah. actually, is he on? Oh, he's, he's close one to away. From, he's, he's one, one away, away from suspension. Yeah, oh, he's one I away from suspension. That. Yeah, him and Clutch are one away from suspension. So, well, yeah, exactly. Anyway, I just think that, yeah, the midfield is the, is is the key battleground here, unfortunately, for TFC. Well, there's Marcus. Ryder. Jeez. Um yeah, uh, I'm 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 here for I'm here for the Penteke wrecking crew. Um <laughs> I just I it's fun. It it's 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 fun. Like I mean it is fun. I, I, I just I still like when he when he I think the first the first uh 
we played DC what, like second or third game of the year? First. Like, first, Very sorry, first. yeah, okay, yeah. And it's like Benteke, like Christian's brother? I lost all knowledge that he had come to MLS. Yep. I know. And then and then of course, you know, he like he's just he's doing really well. And you know, retirement leak jokes obvious aside, um, I also do like seeing a renaissance and let him let him I mean, I don't want him to score at will necessarily next game, but if he happens to score, I wouldn't be too upset just because I like a good story. So uh, but yeah, Benteke's the the guys I got eyes eyes on. All right. Well then score predictions for this one, gentlemen. Hmm. I'm gonna go one one draw. I think this is another draw. Oh. Man. Um I'm gonna go scoreless draw. Hmm. Oh, I don't know what to do now. Um, I don't even know what my instinct says. I, I actually, the the draw sort of feels right. But yeah, no, I'm 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 with Mike on this one. I think I think there's at least a couple goals, so I'll go one one draw. Yeah, I, I think there's goals in it. Um, the the question will be, of course, is just can TFC bounce back from def- the, yes. from a, losing a game like that. That's a yeah, tough losing at the last second to a bit of a calamitous yeah. goal. Yeah. I, you know what? I think they can, I think they can. I, I still look at their performance against the energy drinks and I still, again, was it a stand up performance? No. Energy drinks. Very good. No. However, they put in a solid performance after having an absolute shit performance, two shit performances. And we're like, you know what? We're just going to be boring and consistent against another boring team. And we're going to go with that. So I'm going to take heart in that. Okay. Next up, next Wednesday, Chicago. Um, a team who, again, like I said, is as bad as Toronto um, has, you know, their, if you look at their, their record, they won a couple in their last few, but they'd been absolute shit before that. They haven't been very great after that. Like they're very much up and down anyways they're not they're not good um so i think you know this is and and again like i said this is a team that historically and pretty consistently toronto has had has had their number um it's a team that i think they've sort of they haven't completely dominated them because tfc were so shit in the early years but they've had it's almost been like that team that kind of like gives them a little bit of a bounce yes. for whatever reason. It's that's the team. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. we have to talk about the Kai Kamara of it all because that was going to be my the, player to watch. Oh yeah. It, it's, if it's, <laughs> if it's, is it not everybody's because yeah. it's Kai and you know, he's back and scoring goals at will almost you know, okay. he hasn't played the whole season because I think he had a bit of a knock. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm i under a rock. When the fuck did he end up in Chicago? No, before, just before the start of the season. Literally, literally. Just literally the, it was like sliding in before. under the wire. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, he's already after, scored three after goals. After he tore a strip off of Saputo in Montreal. Yeah. Okay, I remember that part. I didn't realize he had a he had a he had a yeah, they tra- place I think to they traded him like after week one. I think after oh, week yeah. one he it was, was traded. It was very up in the air what was going yeah. on, what was happening, and then there was rumors he'd been seen at this club, and then he'd been seen at this club, and then I follow a bunch of Chicago people who were suddenly like, that was all the chatter. So, you know, he needed an, an, a club he hasn't been to yet. So. Yeah, well, the MLS tour continues. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? It was our turn. God damn it! It's, it it's been our, our turn. The last three clubs. I know. It's not fair. He's gonna <laughs> retire before it's our turn. It's not I know. fair. Or he'll come here and then retire, which is worse. Good point. Um. So that is. It, it really is. That is the the concern for me with that team like they they have again they have some good players they are better than what their performances has been but this team is not gelled at all um and there might be an over-reliance on the Kamara scoring magic as it were but you know if he stays hot and um what's his name um I can't huh Shakiri, Shakiri, yeah. Like, remember, remember last season. Remember that match, Mark, mm-hmm. where Shakiri so. was like the immovable force. Oh yeah, yeah. Human marble. Yes. Yeah. You just you couldn't do anything. I mean, he just rolled through you, and yeah. Good luck. So, like, if that happens again, then they're in trouble, because now again, Shakiri has not had the greatest season so far which means he's just he's just biding his time until they come to Toronto. Um, but he is, he's one of those deceptive players, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he shouldn't be as talented as he is. He's but just he is. A, he's just a little ball of Swiss Albanian. You know, I like know. He, he just, he just, he can, Rage. you know, exactly. But at the same yes. time, like, I mean, the, the man has calves like bigger right. than the head. Um, so that, I guess that him leg day. Yeah, no, no, he does not skip leg day. Um, you know, I think the, leg day skips him. Exactly. He's like, bro, legs are like, hey, come on, man. Like, we're we're good. We're good here. Okay. Um, yeah, look, like I, I think that from a Chicago has been, as you mentioned, not great this season. They've already fired their manager. Um, and brought in a new one, uh, yep. Frank Klopas. He of the uh, Champions League hip thrust towards force the official uh, <laughs> yeah. back in uh, 2013. It was when he was. I still coaching feel Montreal. like Klopas is always coaching Chicago, though. Like yeah, he is. I think this is the third time he's coached <laughs> something uh, like the that. Fire. Um, so from that perspective. Uh, you know, you, you still have a little bit of new manager bounce. The other thing to, to keep in mind for Chicago is they got a busy, busy week, right? Like they got to mm-hmm. go play the Open Cup. Open they got to go yeah. to Austin. They got to go to Austin and play Austin midweek, then play so New England, then play us. Potentially, uh, depends on how they rotate the squad. But yeah, um, yeah, they, you know, we 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 kind of get a little bit of a break from that perspective because 
um, you know, they're going to have to play an extra game in between, but um, yeah, it's Kai Kamara. That's the, that's the, it's, yeah. that's the big one, right? He, mm-hmm. you know, he killed us last year when, when he was at Montreal, yeah. um, you know, he's killed us in the past uh, when he was at Columbus. And oh my God, Columbus, that fucking celebration. Jesus yeah, Christ. Exactly. Um, uh, and look, that that's, you know, he is, uh, there's a reason he's about to, or be very close to breaking, breaking the MLS all time goal scoring record. Right. Which oh is crazy God, to think wait. about. Just not against us. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, he's close. He's, he, you know, he could do it this season in theory um, yes. and pass uh, Landon Donovan, but Please. you know, he is just impossible. Like just because he is, he defies everything he defies of father time. Like he still jumps, like he's a 22 year old. Um, mm-hmm. for headers right and he, and then he still can move really quickly in the box uh to find space to score goals so that's a, that's a night where tfc is really going to have to be organized defensively um in order to to handle him because i i unless he's hurt unless he's hurt you know they're going to look at the it's like baseball they're going to look at the saber metrics and be like that guy needs to start against tfc clearly <laughs> <laughs> sabermetrics i love you so much mike that's amazing sabermetrics i'm gonna tell my dad you use that he's gonna be just he's gonna just be like that's right my dad's an old my, my dad used to be an old baseball guy he'll love that yeah all right so basically we're all watching kamar and probably to a lesser extent uh shakiri if he starts which he probably will on this fixture um score predictions I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going with a two-one Toronto FC win. I think they're going to they're going to see this as a uh, as an opportunity to leapfrog a team that's above them in the table. Now, granted, you got to leapfrog from dead last to second last, but um, that's where I'm going. I'm going two-one Toronto. Why not? Um, some no, positivity. I'm with you. Plus, I think Chicago's feel... back. Chicago's backline is porous as hell. So, exactly, they fucking leak goals. Like you think Toronto's defense is bad? Oh no. Oh no, yeah. Chicago's is much worse. This is the opportunity. Oh no, no, I'm with you. Two one, absolutely. I was thinking three one, but then again, who's really scoring? We're going to go two one. We'll be conservative. Yeah, I'll 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 get on this two one action. Yeah, oh. that sounds good. Hey, hey. Is um, that a consensus, Claxon? Boom, awesome. boom, yeah. Awuga. Awuga. I had those in a while. God. No. Nice. Nice. Well, well, okay. On that very positive note. And after, oh boy, <laughs> with three of us, you'd think it'd be a shorter show, but no. Um, yeah, let's end our show finally. Uh, please join us uh, two weeks from now because Mark and I are busy as hell next week and hey. uh, no show. So um, you'll have to get your Voyager's Cup recap and potential TFC resurgence, et cetera, et cetera the week after next. Uh, I would like to thank one of our usual panelists at Kit Nerd Mark with a K, not a Q, Mr. Mark Hinckley. Thank you to everybody who continues to listen and support our show uh, via Patreon. We absolutely appreciate that. Uh, Tony did a bunch of shirts. You can find them on Zazzle. You can find that link on our website. Uh, Mike, always a pleasure, honestly. Thanks for coming, man. You know, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, heaping helping of thanks to Mr. Mike Newell at Football Saves on the Twitters. Thank you so much for joining us for this fantastic discussion. Uh, really, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to, to be with us this week. I appreciate the invite. Always uh, love chatting with you guys. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, continue on the CPL train just for a second, because um, this league needs to be talked about a lot. And I love it. I love the league. I love where where it could potentially be going. Um, and especially just a lot of great stories um, of mm-hmm. a lot of great players that are that are interesting characters. Um, and, and I feel like sometimes when we talk about MLS and the Premier League and things like that, sometimes those characters get lost. Um, so uh, if you're looking for characters uh, in a league, uh, no, look, look no farther than probably your own backyard in the Canadian Premier League. True. Nice. Yes. Well, well said. said. Um, as for me, you can find me on the internet. Yes, the entire internet at KZ Knowles. I have been your host, Kristen Knowles. And until next, until two weeks from now, Canada, get used to it. <laughs>